That's what you're focused. You're not focused on I'm gonna walk away and this is over with. Your mind is focused on how can you become more entrenched in the life and what's the best option for you. So juvenile life compared to getting life in the adult court, you like cool. I can do that. Oh. It could be deals that you qualify for that you don't even know because your lawyer didn't tell you. You feel me? Because he got so many people on his caseload and he looking for the best way out for certain people and you might not be one of those people. Don't know with the court system, all these enhancements that they have lined up for you to give you the longest sentence possible. Stephanie, even if I went right now as a young adult to the courts right now, I would not know shit. Like, yeah, I would know right. nothing and I would be put in a situation where I'd be serving 30 years for something maybe even small. Like, no, that's too less of a time. And now nah, they, so what they talking right now is 25 years. When I jumped out of my seat, like 25 years for what? For that? He's like, yeah, they talking 25 years, man. You know, that's all I said. They ain't trying to no wiggle what happened to the 17. He like, nah, man, like, nah, they not trying to, they trying to budge. They just... They trying to give you this 25. Welcome back to Rancher Network Podcast. It's your boy, Yak. It's your boy, T. We're back. We're back. Yeah. We're back. We haven't ran a podcast maybe a few weeks. A few weeks. Right? It's been a few weeks. You guys are probably watch one that we had in the cut, mm-hmm. but it, it's technically in the back end. It's That's been fine. a few weeks for sure. But the good thing is that within these few weeks, we've been able to build more and more guests that are willing to be on here. And they have a great story. Um, yeah. And the fact that we have the guest today, it's a special one, man. We actually had a large event today. This is an individual that graduated through our program. We've talked about PV jobs in the past. We'll do a more thorough um, breakdown of what program we yeah. work with. But this is an individual that I've heard, I've never heard the story because there's religion played into, into play as well. Mm-hmm. This is a religion we haven't had on the podcast just yet. So I'm really curious to learn. But I want to introduce, and I appreciate him for being here. I want to introduce our boy. Tyson McCauley, thank you so much for being here. Let's get it. Uh, thank you, thank you, man, for having me on here. It's a pleasure. You yeah, you yeah. actually refer to yourself through a different name, or you have another name, is correct? Oh, uh, yes, sir. My Muslim name is Abdul Ghaffar. So it stands for the servant of the forgiver. So in the religion of Islam, Allah has 99 names and attributes. So the forgiver is one of his attributes. And me being the person that I used to be and the lifestyle that I used to live, I've done some things that I'm not proud of that was real wicked. So when I took on that name, the servant of the forgiver, it's a reminder for me that that's who I'm serving, somebody who's forgiving, and I'm constantly seeking his forgiveness. But not only that, it reminds me that I have to be more forgiving, you mm-hmm. know, because that sometimes I tend to hold grudges against people when I shouldn't. When I should display that quality more of being forgiven. So Abdul Ghaffar is the name that most people refer to me today and that I prefer that people refer to me as. But if you talk to my mother, she's going to say, well, I prefer Tyson, you know, because I <laughs> never gave you the name and all this and that. Right. So, yeah. You know, uh, you're, you were doing, you were fighting 25 years, correct? Well, they gave me 25 years. I was well, they, fighting they, life. You are fighting life. They yeah. gave you 25 life. years. We want to get to what led to those 25 years. So talk to us a little bit about where you grew up and that experience as well. Okay, yeah, not a problem. Uh, I grew up on the east side of Long Beach um, since yay high. You know, I grew up around a structure and environment that was heavily infested with gang activity. 
you know, a lot of people in my family were gang members, my father, uh, my auntie, uh, several uncles, and then my cousins. As they got older, they eventually joined the gangs. And then my older brothers, they got older, they eventually joined the gangs. And I eventually followed suit behind that. So every time I walked out of my door or walked through the neighborhood, there it was. You know, on the east side of Long Beach, as far as being a, a, a black kid, it's, it's two gangs that were uh, dominant. It was either 20s or insane. Mm-hmm. You know, and they both shared streets that were right next to each other, sometimes the same block. And everybody knew each other, went to the same schools. You even had families that chose to be from this side. Some chose to be from this side. But those two gangs right there ran the east side of Long Beach. So as I was growing up, I was exposed to a lot of violence. You know, not necessarily like domestic violence in the household where, you know, my father hit my mother or things like that, but just violence of people getting shot, you know, gunshots ringing out. You know, mother, I know y'all, well, I don't know about you, but he might be hip to this with being before the streetlights. Come on. Because yeah, when them streetlights come on yeah. and it start getting dark, it start getting crazy and wicked out there. And I can also recall a story, you know, back when I was nine years old that I remember vividly when um, yeah, it got dark. I'm standing on, well, I was standing on 8th and Rose on the east side of Long Beach. And, um, You're I'm, how old at the time? I'm eight. No, I was nine, nine You're years nine. old. Okay. I was You're nine young. years old. So young, so, young, man. Really yeah. young, like yeah. really young, yeah. barely mm-hmm. not even... I'm sure you made beginning stages of realizing or seeing certain things that you started to see as abnormal or, right. you know, you're like, okay, that's a little yeah, trip. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it's it's accepted. You right. know, it's, it's pushed upon you like this is the reality of where you live at mm-hmm. and what you're growing up in. So I can definitely recall um, I was in the kitchen watching. It was my day to do dishes. That was something I didn't like to do as a kid. But, you know, mom's oh, had that. Oh, but you do now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a responsible adult Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hey, doing dishes now, you, you know. You're taking I have, care of the dust bunnies, everything yeah, now. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 now, yeah. You, know. you feel me? It, it don't look too pretty. You're a grown yeah. man and your spot ain't clean. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so my night to do the dishes or whatnot. And I hear the people out front and... One of the people that's out front is my, my my dad, and who stayed downstairs from us. We was in an apartment complex, and my auntie and my cousins, they stayed downstairs. We stayed up there, upstairs. So the window open, I'm hearing everybody out there talking. They doing what they usually do, and what they usually doing is getting drunk, getting high, selling drugs, and, you know, mm-hmm. basics, right, of growing up in the ghetto or the inner cities. And I hear somebody come walk up asking them some questions about, like, you know, do you have this and do you have that, right? Like, you know, the basic normal conversation of trying to get his hands on some drugs or something like that or trying Mm -hmm. to see what's going on around there. And then I hear that conversation in, but then I hear the van roll up. You know that jump-out van, that sound of tire screeching. (laughs) Hear that door open up. I'm like, whoa. So I hit the ground like, oh, man. Going on, it seemed like it goes on forever, but you know, it, it's real quick. Do, 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 they do what they do and you know, get out the way. So, mom, she come running in there, making sure I'm okay. Like, you know, are you all right? And drop the dishes and everything. So, I'm getting up as I'm getting up to head out the kitchen. Me and mom, my dad come through the door, shot in the, shot in the knee. Oh, so, he hit, so he leaking. So, I'm like, you know, stunned off of that. Mom's trying to rush me to the room, you know, next day. 
go outside, you see all the bullet holes through my auntie and my cousin in windows and walls. And, you know, Damn. thank God they wasn't in there and to get hit. But that was that was the life. That's you know, that, that's what, what was, was that down. was your people's house like the neighborhood spot? Is that why? Uh, it was. It had well, yeah, the, the apartment complex. The complex. Yeah, okay. it was the apartment yeah. complex. It was one of them areas where you had certain people who stayed in there, so people would come to visit. In and out. Yeah, in and out. That type okay. of activity. Certain people come hang out. You know, they might have stayed around the corner or something like that. But they over here doing their dirt, doing what they do. So people, yeah. as gang members, you kind of already know what spots to hit. If you're looking yeah. for somebody, you know, like, we can go down this street yeah. and we can find, you know, somebody. If we can't find nobody on this street, we know we can go down this street and we'll see some activities. You feel me? Yeah, most most groups, they'll have a little hot spot, you know what I mean, where you're known to hang out. Uh, I got a quick question for you. A lot of people think about Long Beach, beach, big houses, pretty um, how far is the east side of Long Beach to your average person going to Long Beach, the pike? Or, or, uh, it's, or It depends on where you stay at on the east side of Long Beach. Okay. Because you got, you know, the end where you're getting ready to leave out of the east side and go into downtown. And then you got the end where now you're starting to get further and further away mm -hmm. from downtown. Now you start to fit to enter either the north side or the west side of Long Beach and stuff like that. So it depends on which side of the east side you're actually on. Because I would say if you start to go to like uh, 4th Street, now you're starting to get into a pretty little nice little area, kind of quiet. Now you're okay. to start getting okay. into First Street, second, downtown, Ocean Boulevard. Now you're to start going in downtown to Pike. So like Seventh and, and all like, that. That's still yeah. Not seventh. You you go from Seventh. Oh, it's crazy because I got arrested on Seventh for okay, for the really? <laughs> for the case I went to jail yeah. for. I got arrested on Seventh. So yeah, once you seven on back to Tenth and. Uh, 15th Street. Now you're starting to get into the grimy, grimy. Okay. Yeah. I'm, and you know me from that. I'm, I'm I'm more West LA, whatever, born and raised. But I've you know I've gone along, but I've never hung out in Long Beach. But every time I go out there and I start hitting, to me it's seventh. Just trying the outside looking in, I'm like, okay, this just looks a little active. Like it's starting to get a little active, and it's crazy how you can tell that most you know in, in certain whatever places that you go, just being aware of things like that. Was well, wild. I didn't even know Long Beach was had that kind of. See, a lot of people don't. Yeah, I didn't even know there was that side. I mean, I knew before, like today, but I'm saying overall, it, like just like maybe two years, I found out that there was that side of Long Beach. I didn't even think it would, because you know Long Beach has the pike downtown. Uh, you, yeah. I thought Long Beach was a I went to college spot. out there. That's the only reason why yes, I even started going to yeah, Long Beach. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the college is beautiful. You talking beautiful. about Cal oh, yeah. State? Ah, yeah. 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 Now, see, I went to middle school Go over there. Long Beach. Okay. Yeah, because see, once you start getting into middle school, they kind of like bust you out to the nice areas of Long uh, Beach. And yeah, it's, it's nice over there, man. I'm glad you brought up school because I was literally thinking I was going to ask you that. I mean, you were young. You were nine when yeah, that took that place. Was, yeah. But you were going to school at that time. Yeah. What's it like going the next day, going to school and knowing what just happened the night before? Well, to you, you eventually shake it off, you know, because yeah. you see it in movies. You hear about it. You know, it happens mm -hmm. around the corner. But to have it up close on you like that, it's a shocking and terrifying feeling in that moment. You know, I'm sure a lot of kids uh, say, you know, I wasn't scared, you know. But in that moment when it's happening and yeah. you don't know it's coming, it it, 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 like, it stiffens you up and it puts you in a state of, like, motionless, of, like, what to do. You don't even have time to think. So that next day, just seeing, like I said, seeing the bullet holes through the window and through the walls of my auntie's house, 
it was just like, wow, like that's crazy. Like, I'm glad I didn't get hit, right? right? But then when you go to school, you get around your friends, you kind of start talking about it. Now that fear starts to wear off. Now that mm. excitement kicks in, like, man, I was involved in this. Like, what you know about uh, that? Like, we done heard about it, but actually being in it, oh, man, you yeah, know, it's, man. it's a different thing because everybody in your area, more more likely you hanging out with kids who are just like you. Yeah, so right. they experience the, the, the gang lifestyle, the violence and stuff like that. So to us, it's nothing. You know, we like, we go through it. But to the average person, a regular citizen or upstanding person in the community yeah. who they like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I will ever go outside again. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. us, we like, shoot, it's all good. Just be home before the streetlights. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you got to really just remember how impressionable kids are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're going to tell that story. The friends are going to be True. in awe. And then the shit just carries on. That's what we that's that's what it is, you know. Um so at what did you end up um, along your journey that led you to to the big sentence or whatever? Did you end up going the hood route? Did you get jumped into the neighborhood, the local neighborhood? You don't got to say which one or whatever, but you, yeah, yeah, you went yeah. that route or was it just mischievous crime? And because we've been seeing a little bit of everything, you know? Yeah, right. it was as, as far as my story. Um, I was a screw up, you know, as a kid. I, okay. I, I was the, the one who always got in the fights who always talked back to the teacher, who never turned in his homework, who was ditching school. You know, I started ditching school in the fourth grade. And the reason That's I started young, ditching it was because they started talking about math tests every Thursday and Friday. I'm like, man, a math test. <laughs> and that was the subject I was not good at like yeah. that, and I did not like tests. So I'm like, I'm yeah. skipping. I'm you know, skipping. You know, real quick, I think subconsciously there has to be something there where you're like, it's something having to do with not be, wanting to be, like, vulnerable. Yeah. You know, not wanting to be the dude in the class that can't pass the test. And so we look for other avenues. I did the same shit out of anger. I'm yeah. going to look for a fight or something or try to bully someone yeah. to not be able to, to mask the fact that I'm not going to pass this fucking thing. I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's real that you actually bring that up because as you get older, you begin to learn yourself. And you start to dive into different um, studies and groups that teaches you about anger management. Mm -hmm. Um emotional balance and really understanding what's the root cause Man. of why why are you articulating this type of behavior yeah. and when i was young it goes to what you were saying you know that low self-esteem that feeling like you know i'm not good enough at this so what am i good at you know what can give me that type of respect that this person is getting but i i know i'm not good at right. that so i'm good at this and for me it was all about that squabbling game you know that that violence you know, being raised up on that. So it's like, okay, you might laugh at me because of this, or you might say something because of that, but I bet you can't whoop me. Right. <laughs> so I would embarrass you out yeah. here with this. You might embarrass me in the classroom with saying these big words right. and you can do this math thing, but I'm gonna embarrass you out here with these, these right. hands and feet and who's gonna remember what longer. Yeah. You feel you me? You found so, your avenue, you know? Exactly. That's yeah. tough. That's crazy. That that's like a and and I would think that's even like a pivotal moment when you make that realization. Like fuck it, I'm gonna go this route. That's you know what I mean because I'm getting what I need out of this route. Yeah, that's kind of like the beginning of it. I would think. You and know? you know what makes it easier is the fact that it's encouraged. My older brothers yeah, encouraged man. it. Yeah, you know my cousins, they encouraged it. The peep, the older people in the neighborhood, even the kids your age, they encouraged that. You were surrounded by it. Left it, right. it, was, it was like, look, when I used to get kicked out of school or I would go to a new school, even a few times I went to summer school, it was all about exerting your dominance. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because as kids, you think you might be the baddest or the hardest. It's that next kid who think he's the same thing. Mm-hmm. He might not be coming from the same block as you, but he's around that area. So he's getting his reputation up as well. So he might have heard of you or he might just see your swag and be like, oh, you a threat. You a threat to my popularity. Yeah. You feel me? So every school I hit or any type of, I'm all, I had that swag of like, all right, let me see who I need to let know I'm that guy. I'm not the one to mess with. And you had a few dudes, you know, who like they got that same swag and they tried me. Like, yeah, man, like it's my playground. I run this. Right. And I'm like, nah, I can't let that happen because all I can think about is my image. You know, it's an image thing of like, if I go somewhere else, they're going to be like, oh, little Tyson, you got beat up over here or or you ran over here. And and one of the things you don't want to be labeled as as a kid is a snitch or are you scared? Mm-hmm. Those two things right there, it's like, man, in the hood, nah, you don't want to be labeled as sucks, that. you know, thinking about it, you're absolutely right. That's what it is. But, you know, now thinking back on it in retrospect, it's like, fuck, man, we're, we're like dooming ourselves. You know what I mean? But that's what it is. That's the standard that we, this imaginary standard that we live by. You mm-hmm. know? Um, what, what kind of like, okay, so now where did you really start participating in more of like illegal activities? I guess question. you would say like. Uh, well, I got arrested at the age of eight for stealing out of the stores. At eight? Oh, at eight. Had that's to young. go to court. Um, <laughs> Me, like how small were you? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm already, I'm already like, like five seven. Yeah. So back then, you, you were got already five seven, I'm, eight years old. No, I'm talking about right now. Oh. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm already <laughs> only, five, I'm yeah. only five seven now. So yeah. back then, you can imagine, you know how short yeah, I was. But man. you know, when you growing up in that environment, you know, moms and pops they don't always have the money to give you what you want. Mm. You feel me? So it's like you got to figure out a way of how do I get the things that I want? Because it's not necessarily what you need. They're giving you the things that you need. Clothes on your back, food in your belly. You got a roof over your head. But when you out and about, you want certain things. So it's like, how do I get these things I want? And then your friends, they thinking mischievously too. (laughs) How do I get these things I want? You feel me? So being taught to steal is already being instilled in us by other people in the family. You got cousins who might be in the store with you, older cousins, and they like, man, you know, put this in your pocket. You feel me? Take this with you. Or they might be coming back off of licks, and they coming in the room. I remember, you know, some of my cousins, the older brothers, they coming in the room with brand new clothes, video games. Like, That's wild. Where like did you like get it's this Christmas, from? huh? They, man, yeah. they talking about all this crazy activity they did. So you soaking that up as a kid, like, man, that's what I want. Like, dang, if they can do it, I can do it. You feel me? So you get with your friends and you start off with the small activities. So it was summertime. We wanted some balloons. You know, we want to have a water balloon balloons. fight. Bro, it's summertime. I love it. Hey, you got to remember <laughs> how foreign that is to the new gen, dog. Yeah. They're not used to that. Like yeah. balloons, like you used to hook it up to a water hose and a... And, Play in the middle of the street, yeah. Bro, bu- you know? a, bu- a, 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 a bucket, bro, with a whole thing bucket, of water balloons. Right. You got your super soakers. She ready to go out. It's All summertime. the kids in the apartments, everybody just yeah. deep, like, like, like it, yeah, yeah, bro. So I, you know, I got caught stealing right there. Me and some of my uh, friends at the time, and went to court, and, and and court recommended that I go to some type of program to learn that you know stealing is bad, and to learn a different way of how to handle my issues, and I ended up getting the California ID by going there. Because, you know, back then, it was juvenile court, but a lot of the judges, 
you know, it was crazy back then. They didn't really know how to handle kids just getting into trouble like that. So they like, you know, you register, go get you a California ID, go to some program. And it's crazy because the program that me and one of my friends got sent to wasn't even a program for kids. It was a program for adults. So we oh, wow. eight years old, nine years old, and this grown folks program, they talk about sex, education, you what? know, <laughs> be, being free of drugs. And we sitting so there like, like, a, like a rehab type. Yeah, yeah, that's, but that's you, you got you got you got eighteen year olds and twenty five year old grown women. They looking at us like, what are y'all doing in here? Yeah. What like, is that experience like? <laughs> you are you don't even know like half this stuff. What like what are you thinking when you hear this? It, you know, to a kid, it's just funny. You know, you just like, so you're oh, giggling man, this, yeah, they're like, this is crazy, yeah. bro. Like, what are they talking about? And then they don't even come to us for questions because they like, you're too young to even know what the heck we're talking yeah. about. But you're here. They let us sign up. Like you're here. See what you guys like. They weren't trying to put you on game though, or like not put you on game. Yeah, but trying that to makes like sense. mentor to you and you. tell you like, yo, why are you doing? You shouldn't even be here with us. Like none of that. No, nah, because you got to think these people that were involved in these programs are just trying to get off probation. You know, trying not to go to jail themselves. They tattooed up gang members too. Or if you, the older people that's older than them, they just, you know, old drug, you know, drug addicts. And, you know, they just taking this program because the courts are saying, I got to take the program. So they just looking at us like, you know, y'all kids in here, y'all screw ups, just like we're screw ups and welcome to the party. Interesting. <laughs> you feel yeah. me? That is very interesting. So now you, okay, so that was your first time being, being in like even juvenile hall. Did you get incarcerated before your No, I didn't even go to juvenile hall. See, that's the thing. Back then, they used to like call your parent or drop you off at the house. Yep. Because oh, okay. if they didn't really have to take you to juvenile hall, they tried like to look, man, just go home. You know, so yeah. they, they dropped us off at the house. You okay, feel me? Like you. where you live, drop you off, here's your ticket, just show up to court. Gotcha. You you, even me? now, I think that holds true if... um. If you're a minor and the offense isn't too crazy, you're just going to sign some type of paper like you'll return to court or some shit. But you come home most of the time unless it's when you start, you know, the knives, guns, and that's when the you're like not weapons. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, if you're tagging on a wall, they're going to, you'll probably be there for a couple hours and they're sending you back. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine if you're going down the fucked up path and you're just, you're in the, the height of it. They go, you're probably going to get a lot of chances till they catch you for the wrong fucking, you know, or the big crime. You yeah. Know I mean? And I was one of them kids. Yeah. I, I started doing things that would just like, it started getting more and more crazy. So eight years old, crazy. what, at what uh, age did you feel like the shit was starting to escalate? Like real right, big. Right. So from the eight, you were doing just basically nothing, water balloons, little 99 cent store. Yeah. But then what, 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 um, what age did you think that that stuff escalated? Um, I would say I started looking into becoming a gang member at the age of 12. So I was already around the, excuse me, I was already around the neighborhood fighting and, you know, getting my little okay. name up. Everybody on the east side already knew, like Lil Tyson, you know, <laughs> they already Lil knew. Tyson, like, Lil Tyson. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, if you man. don't actually know me personally, if you hear my name, they like, oh, so you're, you know, Tyson, because that's not a common name. Not a common that name. That was in yeah. the area. So, like, I, it's <laughs> I got another story to tell somebody at, uh, where I'm staying at, the transitional home, right? He knew me and recognized me from middle school. He, like, they oh, said man, your man. name. And he was like, I know only one Tyson. He said, I knew that name. So he was like, when they said you was coming here and I seen you, he said, I really recognize you because it's been so long, but he said that name. 
So on the east side, they kind of already knew, like, little Tyson, you know, he's doing this or he's doing that. So I was already building up that reputation. Mm-hmm. So the fighting that been going on for since the high, stealing and stuff, that's been going on since the high. But once I started to feel like, okay, it's time for me to start getting into this gang culture, was about, like, 12 years old. You feel me? Of Once you're starting to get of age in the inner cities, people started to look at you like, what are you fit to do? You know, you, get, you begin to make that decision of now you at a crossroad. I'm fit to start banging or I'm fit to really tap out and do something else with my life. Most kids take that route of I'm fit to start banging. You feel me? Because yeah. you got your brothers, you got your cousins, you got the people in the community. They already giving you them hints. Oh, man, you would make a good little homie. You feel me? Why don't you join the set? Yeah. Why don't you do this? Man, why, you know, matter of fact, why don't you go over there and go squabble him down real quick? Oh, I like that. Man, you my little homie. We're going to call you so-and-so. Whoop-de-whoop. So when you got older brothers like I had who already are involved in activity, my older cousins, it just feeds my mind of like, yeah, yeah, this is what I'm fit to do. I already don't mind committing violence. This is what I'm fit to do. So it started off me just claiming the hood, like, you know, I'm little wooty whoop from the hood or whatever, whatnot, me claiming to me turning 13 and actually getting put on the hood. Now it's, it's starting to get real because everywhere I'm going, I'm representing. You feel me? But it doesn't never never just start off with, I ain't going to say never because some dudes, they, they journey is a little different. But most of the time, it don't just start off with directly with gunplay. You know, it Correct. start off with yeah. you just showing up on the scene, getting your few squabbles in, getting your reputation up, getting your name up, people knowing like, oh, he's from here now. And then it begins to escalate. It begins to escalate from you catching one-on-one phase to you jumping people, putting them in the hospital, to you you know stabbing people, shooting people, you getting shot at. It starts to escalate. Escalate. So for me, it was it just started escalating every single year as I got older. When what was that first? When did it first escalate? Where the stabbing came? I mean, fighting was something you were already yeah. used to. Yeah. Now, stabbing is a whole nother gameplay. That's a weapon coming to play. Yeah. A gun. Like, what yeah, was yeah, that yeah. first that's experience like? Like, the different, well, when no, you pick ahead. up the weapon, that's a right. huge fucking step in that life. You know well, I mean? f- well, fortunately, right, I um, didn't have to stab anyone <laughs> or I wasn't stabbed, and even though I used to carry a knife with me yeah. because I didn't have a pistol just yet. So I had a knife on me and like, man, you know, I'm going to keep this and I'm ready to do whatever. And I remember one day uh, the big homies laughed at me, you know, because one of, one of our um, dear homies had got shot. And he was laid up, and I went over his house, and I'm talking to the older homies. I'm, I'm, I was, what at this time, like, 14, I believe, and I got my little knife, and I'm like, yeah, I'm ready to, you know, poke somebody. And they laughing at me, like, what you gonna do with that little homie? Like me, <laughs> he may yeah. pick up a gun or something, right? <laughs> you know. But I'm serious as a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, like yeah. I'm ready, I'm ready to do <laughs> yeah. some damage. You feel me? But once I started, you know, doing that pistol play and stuff like that. That started to come in about, I would say, like 14 years old, like the back end of 14 mm-hmm. going into 15, you know. And it's crazy because my pistol play didn't even start in the hood. I was somewhere else in another state, you feel me? But once I got back to the hood, you know, that was the normal activity of now you over a certain age, people really know who you are. It's dangerous out here. You know, you better have a gun. Did, did, did you move out for a little bit because, you're like, your parents or something, they wanted to yeah. put you on the right track? Yeah, my, my mother, she... um. Oh, man, beautiful woman. <laughs> you know, she's trying to raise four boys. That's tough. Um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah, like pretty much on her own. Even though I can say for my father, he was around. But as far as the financial support, he wasn't much financial support. Mm. 
So mom's just trying to figure out, like, what do I do with y'all? So mm-hmm. she decides at the age of when I'm 13 years old, you know what? We're going to move to Vegas. I'm like, Vegas? I'm thinking my whole world is coming up. Yeah, Vegas. Like, Vegas, whole what are we going to do? Out? Whole nother world, me? yeah. Yeah, so I, she... No, go ahead. My bad. I started catching this trend. I'm starting to catch this trend, though. There was, like, a lot of Vegas moving a few years ago. Like, it ha- it's happening now. But beforehand, was there something that maybe your parents were hearing, like, oh, Vegas is where it's at? Or, like... Vegas was cheap. Vegas was cheap to live, and it wasn't far too far away. It was a four-hour drive from Long Beach, California, to Vegas. So a lot of families at that time was just make, making that move. Like, it's cheap to live out here. We can go out there, and possibly you won't stay out of trouble. Because people who don't live somewhere don't know what's really going on. Correct. So they think, like, Long Beach is bad yeah. or the L.A. County is bad. Mm-hmm. So I know it's corrupted over here. Let me go over here, and this might be more nicer. Ain't no one. It's gangs over here, yeah. too. <laughs> it's right. gangs the part. They, don't, they don't realize it, you know? In L.A., I would say in general, we started off with Palmdale, Lancaster. That was L.A.'s getaway. That's where you would go and try to buy a home yep. and live happily ever after. Then that got filled with people from L.A. and people started getting killed out there. Then it probably went out to like Barstow. Yeah. And then eventually it reached out to Vegas, which I'm assuming when you got there, you found out it was just a mini L.A. It was the same shit. What they was trying to be like okay. L.A. and California. Mm. And that's what... <laughs> It's, it's so strange, the things that just boost your ego, <laughs> you know, and make yeah. you feel like you're just more than what you actually are. So moving out there, I'm already coming with the aggressive mind state. Mm. Like, you know, I'm not to be messed with. And then I'm meeting with kids who they think the same thing, but they're trying to be like what I'm already in. You feel me? They trying to get that, that corruptness in their heart already and trying to say, well, I'm down. And I'm seeing like, nah, it's not the same of where I just came from. But mm. you know what? I ain't got nobody else to hang with. You can roll. You mm. feel me? So I'm just increasing my activity. But my mother, she moved me and my brothers out there to try to get us away from things. But as the saying goes, you can take the homeboy out the hood. But you can't take the hood out the homeboy. homeboy. Yeah. So we out there getting into stuff. You feel me? Okay. The first time I got put on probation was out there. I'm, Art County, huh? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm out there in, in Vegas getting into stuff and, mm-hmm. and got put on probation out there. And like I said, first time I really got into some type of pistol play or gun play, Vegas. You feel me? So it just, my, my, my um, violence level and my craziness just started to increase. But mom, she got to work. She got to put food on the table. Right, she doesn't right. have time to be sitting there trying to micromanage everything I'm doing. Then she leaving the task to my older brothers. They corrupted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this whole time, how, you guys were four deep, you said? Yeah. So four brothers, and you guys were all with the same function, same activity. Whoa, let and me... so that, I can imagine how tough that was for mom. Yeah. All four of them badasses, That's you know true. what I mean? Yeah, like, it was different stages, though, because you had okay. my, my, my oldest bro. He was... Uh, six years older than me then you had the one up under him that's four years older than me then you got me you got my little brother now i jumped off the porch kind of young when people like i jumped off the porch i was already ripping and running the streets around like the back end of 10 years old to 11 11 years old my older brother's already taking me to house parties 
Like, mm -hmm. man, we're going to go get a little bro. You want to roll to the house party? By 12, 13, I'm, at all the, I'm meeting my big bros at the house party. I'm coming in with my crew at 12 years old and big bro and them wow. in the cut. Like, what up? Like, you know, we we in here. My little brother was a little different. He was more, moms was like, you can't go here. You can't go there. Good, you know, good. you can't do this. So he started doing his activity a little later, which... I was the result of, you know, he exposed to all the things I'm doing. But my big bros, when I was young, they already embraced me like little bro is down. So once I started banging, they already embraced it like, yeah, little bro, that's the homie. So one of my brothers, um, the second oldest, who I used to look up to real heavy, he was the one teaching me, you know, the street life. You know, this is how you do this. You don't get involved with this. This is how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, woo -woo -woo. so I looked up to him. He was laying the game down to me. I thought he was the smartest criminal on the streets. <laughs> I thought his street smarts yeah. was, was, was I, I, I'm sure he didn't. And at the time, I'm sure bro didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. That he was putting those thoughts in your head or validating shit. You know, they don't know. I did see, me and my little brother, same similar situation. You don't know when you're in the, in the thing. You think it's all one and we're just living this fucking life, right? But you know what, what we think it is? It's a survival mechanism. We trying to survive and we like, what's the best way to go about it? Mm -hmm. So what they're instilling in me is what was instilled in them. Man, it just gets okay. passed down as a cycle where you think you might be thinking of something new. You're not. There's nothing new under the sun. You're just passing down the teachers that you got to, this is how you survive in your environment. So when you go out to other places, just like when we went out to Vegas, we didn't know how to survive out there in places where we're not. We just go straight to what we know. This is what it is. This is what we're going to do. So you couldn't really put us in a place where it's like these big old houses and kids just walking to school. And they're is that not how it was, though? No, 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 no. Oh, okay, no, well, certain, I don't know. Maybe yeah. big, I'm thinking big, big ass houses out there, and well, it depends. See, Vegas is kind of weird, right? Because you will have big houses like on the next street. You feel mm -hmm. me? Like you walk down the street and these these nice apartments and nice houses. Then you walk down the street over here and it's grimy, and then you walk That's around the corner, it's like horses, and, and it's like, man, this yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all around. So it pretty much shows you like. A lot of these places wasn't meant to be ghettos, <laughs> but just so happened people came over here and made it like this is the hood. You feel me? So the way yeah. I see it, it's too hot to be doing any of that, bro. <laughs> That's Definitely. the way I see 100%. it. Oh yeah, it was hot. way too but hot. It's to happening out yeah. there. I lived out there for like four or five months. I was on Tropinellas. That place was crazy, man. <laughs> I'm saying, see, you were, yeah. even you were. I didn't in even Vegas, know where I was bro. at. I'd just be on the bus everywhere, you know, not knowing, but I would run into. Homeless is crazy out there, you know what I mean? That's, oh, they're aggressive man. Too. Yeah, um, yeah, they deep. So so Vegas didn't work for you. You guys come back. You and your brothers end up coming back. And it's crazy how we end up coming back. I was the uh, was the cause of my house getting shot up. Out there in Vegas. Out there in Vegas. Oh, man. So I, like I said, the activities continue. Yes. You feel me? So I was the result of my uh, house being shot up. And my mom was just like, you know what? Let's just move back to Long Beach. We're done with this. So we eventually moved back to Long Beach, stayed with my auntie for a little bit. And um, that which was a common thing as well growing up, you know, us moving around a lot, having to go stay with people. And that was something that affected me, you know, mentally. It still affects me today a little bit that, you know, I'll be trying to um, make understanding of and not allow it to have that type of grip on me. But, you know, certain things, it just is it, traumatizing. 
Mm-hmm. So that was a thing for me that was real big. Like we had to go stay with other people. I didn't like it because it's like their house, their rules. You yeah. feel me? And you don't feel comfortable. You don't feel accepted. It don't matter if it's family, if it's a friend of the family. You just you like nah. This ain't it. Hundred percent. You feel me? So we end up moving back to Long Beach, staying with my my aunt. So we back on the east side. You feel me? So even though I don't like the fact that we stand with someone else. I'm back on the east side. Yeah. <laughs> so that like trumps everything. Like I'm back on the east side, cool, it's all good. So now I'm back in the hood. Now I'm back uh, on the scene, ready to get involved in all the activities that's taking place. I used to travel back and forth when I was in Vegas. I didn't like staying in Vegas too long. I felt like I'm homesick. So I would get okay, on the Greyhound with eight hour ride. <laughs> Go back yeah. to Long Beach, and I would just stay with whoever. If you let me yeah. stay here for three months, I'm going to stay here because I just want to be in the hood, hanging with the homies, and doing what we do. So I kind of want now. I want to start getting into what the case that led you to your incarceration, right? Yes, sir. So let let's start getting into that now. So talk to us about what kind of led you to that time or to your incarceration. Yeah, well, um, at that time in my life. I started to develop a mentality where I thought I was untouchable. Mm. You know, even though I had been shot, you know, I got shot at the age of 15, you know, out there in this little street uh, brawl at the skating ring. You know, the skating ring was something that back was then. The thing back uh, yeah, then, I, don't, huh? I don't know if you know about that, but being skating at the skating ring out there in Long Beach, they uh, had, that uh, was popping uh, out there uh, for uh, a little uh, bit. Skate too? Depot. Okay. Yeah, Skate Depot. Like uh, what was Skate Depot? I think it like. Is it Lakewood or something like that? There's it's, it's like on the outskirts, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So Skate Depot, that was the thing, man. It was the hood day, you know. So I'm all oh, it was hood day. Yeah, man. I'm all. So that's the day. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about this. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. telling them like normal, normal, whatever. Some neighborhoods have hood days. Yeah, but like a lot of dumb shit happens on hood days. I'm it's like, like the Fourth of July of hoods, right? Yeah. Could but you, you see a lot of dudes shit happens you know some dudes get in trouble some dudes get beat up some dudes oh, sure. end up in situations from gatherings like that yeah you know I mean? mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's it's dangerous even though right. your so-called enemies might not show up and get involved you got your own homies who it could get crazy man people drinking people got yeah, guns go. and yeah. people got old issue unresolved problems yeah. from you didn't you didn't you didn't Used to sleep with his baby mama type, like weird stuff, man. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, hood days is is is, is crazy, bro. So, yeah, um, got shot uh, at the skating ring, and then from there, my my mentality it just it just started getting more and more corrupt. So, you know, so it made you go the other way. You went full force after. Well, after. I was already increasing in my involvedness with the with the with the hood because I didn't see myself ever doing anything outside of that. Once I became a gang member, that became my life. Okay. It was it was just all about me learning the different methods and the different levels of being a gang member. You know, of being involved in that lifestyle. You got some dudes who like to play with guns. You got some dudes who just like to sell drugs. You got some dudes who like, I'm just a fighter. You know, I like to go talk to women and, you know, yeah. stuff like I'm just a player, but I'm a gang member, you know. So it, different people chooses their lane. Some people like, I'm with all of them <laughs> from, you yeah. know, from that. So if people choose their lane. Me, I was the violent type. You know, that's something that I wanted to be a participant of and any type of level of violence, I'm like, yeah, that's me. That's so what so I'm getting shot in. didn't make you think like, fuck, I don't want to die? It didn't give you that idea? No, because 
death, when you're so entrenched in it, death is not something that you're fearing anymore. You know, you're not even worried about that. You're the one that's seeking to cause the violence, while at the same time seeking to receive the less amount of damage to yourself. So getting yeah. shot is something like, yeah, that happens. I survived it. Cool. I can move on to the next day and continue to do what I do. So I started to increase in my level of not only violence, but who I see myself as as a gang member. So when you walking around and you got everybody whispering your name and saying, like, man, we got to kill this dude. You know, mm. as a gang member, that's something that's like in your head, you like, yeah, I'm that guy. You feel me? They want they hunting for me. Yeah, but when they actually see me, a lot of them run. <laughs> they don't want no problems, but the whispers. You know, and a lot of the whispers come from the females. You know, females, they yeah, always you know. talking and saying something about what's the name was over here and they said this, that, said that. Or you got certain dudes that you know from other hoods, your own so-called enemies that you might have grew up with, because there's a lot of dudes I grew up with that I still considered to be friends, but they chose to be from the other side of the tracks who I called to be enemies, right? But they would tell me things like, bro, the homies are looking for you. Mm. Like, they don't like you. <laughs> they don't like the fact mm. that you're over here getting this big name for yourself. They don't like this and this and that. And I, 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 I developed this pridefulness off of that. So what led up to me committing my crime, um, the individual who I ended up uh, shooting eventually um, at the age of 16, this individual, I met him when I was... 13. And at that point in time, he was claiming the same hood I was claiming. No way. When I met him, I was with one of the um one of my homeboys and he introduced oh, him as, "Oh, this the homie from the hood." I'm like, "What? Okay, we both around the same age." I'm like, "All right, cool. Nice to meet you." I haven't seen him for a minute. <clears throat> when I see him again, we like 14 now. Like, yeah, like 14, not touch 15 yet. Or we possibly getting ready to, no, I think we just, because I ended up going to camp around. So it was like on that back end of 14, mm -hmm. you know, 15 type of thing. And I see him, and he got a different attire on. <laughs> He's representing a different hood, yeah. you know. And I'm mm. like, man, I know this dude is, you know, but he's getting into it with one of the homies. So we all, he got a little pack with him. I done linked up with my pack because I just so happened to be walking down the street like I'm going to the hood and I link up with the homies and they like, we fit to go do this. And I turn around, he's standing there, he's talking trash. Yeah, and, <laughs> okay, so like we this. like, yeah, we fit to go across the street and get some squabbling in, but just so happened the police come so everybody dispersed. But I end up seeing the individual again later on down the line. This time I'm with another homie. So... He's talking this whole bunch of mess of like, you know, this whoop 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 whoop. Now, when it comes to, to to fighting, the type of person I was at that time, and that's how, also how I got my name from the hood was from. Your hood right. name is Tyson. No, 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 no. But I'm just like, no, no, that'd no, be crazy. No, no, no. Like, that, that's that's the government. <laughs> okay. But um, back when I used to be who I used to be, um, on the east side of Long Beach, I was big sea fade. From Twenty Crip, so see okay, so fade, catch fade, yeah. catch fade. You know, you'd be like, "Oh, catch that fade." Mm -hmm. You feel me? So see fade. They already knew what that meant, and that was something that I tried to live up to. Like you, you don't want to see me <laughs> on this, yeah. on this, on this okay. squabbling game. So he approached me, and when I seen him with the homie about, you know, we can squabble up or woo 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 woo. 
the homie that I'm with knows him and knows me and trying to like look fake. Neutral. Huh? No, no, he because he, he, he spoke to the homie like on some like what's up because they went to school together. Okay, okay. I'm looking at him like, like you know, beat it. But he looking at me like, oh, you, like you got a problem with whoop whoop. So the homie like look fake. You gonna demolish him, leave this man alone. <laughs> like, don't even man. get. It. I'm like, man, but he talking like he. So he like, man, we can squabble up. Woo. So I said, All right. so I, you know, I peel out of everything, man. Let's go behind this stone and have. Now yeah, you, you want to talk? You had size on you even then. Uh, a... Well, then I, you know, always had a little cuts on me. Okay, but it wasn't nothing major. But you know, we yeah, kids, yeah. man. But now you my know, boys busting out the. You know what I mean? I'm oh yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. That's all this penitentiary stuff right That's here. Crazy. But. Um, yeah, so we go behind the building, he talks it out, man, all oh, this and that, I don't you know, beat it. So we walking across the street, leave him where he's at, but I get enrolled in summer school at Poly High School. So at this time I'm going to probation school. So I decide to okay. say, you know what, I wanna go to summer school so I can go to Poly. Which is uh, like a normal high school as opposed Oh, Poly High School. So now what? you got so now you got more people and in continuation there's ten students. So, but, okay, you know, so, about, about yeah, but, 35, you know, somewhere around there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, all kids right. who done been to camp or something like yeah. that. But I'm like, I want to go to Poly for summer school. So I check yeah. out of the probation school, the continuation. I go to Poly for summer school. So I'm there pretty much to stir up trouble. Because at this point in time, Poly High School in 2000 and... Five. This was when I when I went to summer school, two thousand and five. Poly High School was was known as a baby insane school. You feel me? Mm. Those are the people who we considered to be our enemies. Mm. So they they was like deep at that school, and there was very few people from Twenty Crip who went there. But it wasn't it wasn't that many like that. It was just a few. So it was mainly the people who I considered to be enemies at that time. So I was pretty much there just to stir up trouble. Like I'm fit to go to <laughs> poly so summer that, school. That, okay. And so as I'm there, people ain't really knowing I'm there. It's certain people who see me, and they knew who I was because I grew up on the east side. We grew up together. They kind of like ducked off. Like oh, that's big fake. And they hit me with the nod like. Pfft. But they don't want to tell their homies I'm there. They like, how they get on life. And I'm just posted. You had some of their homegirls who knew me, and they'll look at me like, but they still ain't telling their homies I'm there. They just like, oh, like, what you doing here? And I'm also like, you know, whatever, I'm here. So I end up getting into a fight with a dude who was affiliated with them, but he wasn't actually from there, right? Mm -hmm. But this incident stimulated, it came from something else, though, with a female. That where he tried to get at me all crazy and I didn't let it go. So I'm like, if I see him again, it's on. I end up seeing him again. So when I seen him again, we end up fighting, squabbled up in the alley, right? That's when the word get out. Oh, Tyson is here. He's going to the school. <laughs> so now the word is out of like, and oh, so he's what he here. What saying is he's at an enemy school. So you can imagine you hear that. Now right. you got 30 dudes waiting for you after school. Damn. L look, so, 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 so. The next day, the dude I end up um, shooting later on, he approaches me. The same dude who turned down the fade oh, at, 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 the, uh, at, the, at the corner on the east side, he approaches me. Oh, what's up, bro? Because I'm talking to somebody that I didn't even know was from his hood, a dude I went to middle school with that I was just like, you know, what's up, bro? How you been, man? What the woo? Like, you still making them? Because he used to be a DJ. He he was a kid. He was always talking about DJing. I'm like, you still making them burnt CDs? And he's like, yeah. 
So when the dude... It's crazy, man. Growing up together in the same community and you have to hate each other for whatever you feel, So So he walk up. I know who he is. So when he see me, he tell the dude that I'm talking to, why is you talking to this dude, man? What you doing, man? I'm going to have you DP. You know, DP is a discipline. Like, I'm going to have you DP for talking to Big Faye. And I'm looking. I'm like, where you from? You from, you from where? He like, yeah, bro, they put me on. I'm like, oh, what? I'm like, oh. So now my mind is like, I don't even want to talk to you no more. But now I'm looking at this other guy. Like, well, what are you talking about? And he like, oh, you know about me and this and this and this and that, and we can get down and this and that. I'm like, oh, you still? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah, we can run now. I told him, I said, look, because I was on probation at the time. So my thing is to do crime without alerting my probation officer, getting the police involved, but do the dirt, though. You feel me? I wasn't too smart at it anyway because I'm still doing things on the scene where everybody can see. So with anyway, so... I tell him after school, we can, you know, get into a fight or whatever. And when the bell rings for people to exchange classes, I went to go in the hallway to pick up one of my homeboy's little brothers who went there. He didn't bang or nothing, but I went to go pick him up. So as I'm picking him up, the dude who I was just getting into it with, he went and got some of his homies alerted him like, yeah, I spotted Big Fade pretty much. <laughs> He's yeah, over here. Cool. So they come walking through the hallway, about three deep. They push up on me and uh, the homie's little bro. And they like, you know, what that wooty whoop like? And they banging and I'm banging. You know, I'm on some like don't back down type of stuff. And and um, we sitting there going back and forth. They trying to press the homie little brother. You know, he's like scared out of his boots because he's like, I don't really know what to do. So I had to like. Probably didn't even know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, I had to intervene. And, you know, like, you know, I tell him, I said, look. So as we walking through the hallway, he started yelling out his hood. So now more people starting to come. Now they like, oh, what's up, bro? So they like, yeah, big fade here. So now they like, what? Oh, man, let's go handle this. And I said, look, check this out. We're going to handle this after school. I said, I'm not for the skip class. We're going to handle this after school. So they said, all right, all right, cool. Bet, bet. So I'm in class. When I'm in class, they done went told they whole little crew mm -hmm. and camping pack. So I'm in class just sitting there. An individual that's going to school with me, he was claiming the hood. But he was one of them dudes. He used to be from the other side. He used to be from Baby Insane, but his brother uh end up getting killed, you know, and he end up turning becoming a homie from the hood. So he I tell him about the conflict, but he already kinda like didn't want me going there because he knew I was a troublemaker. He was one of them, he played football, he was liked, mm. you know, and so me going there was was a problem for him. So I tell him, I said, look, it's going down after school, they tripping, I need your support. He hesitated, you know, like, oh, man. Like, I said, look, bro, you know if you don't come with me, what's going to happen to you? So you better, oh, no, 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 I'm, 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 I got your back. All right, all right. I fuck so it's like you have no, you have no decision. Like, Not you, really. You really have to either take it or give it, bro. Like, yeah. That's why it sounds really you, bad. Don't get but involved in that type of lifestyle because that's what, this type of stuff you have to adhere to is, is shit that's just going to fucking lead you down a fucking Things spot. that you don't want to do a lot of times. You like, I don't, your heart is telling you like this your is wrong. Your heart definitely tells yeah, you. Yeah, your like, heart tells you like this is wrong. But you don't want to be looked at as, as a coward. Man, you don't want to be looked at as someone who's scared. So he stepped up, man, I got your bag, we'll do whatever. So as we're in class, I'm just waiting on the bell to ring. That's my mind. It's like I'm locked in. Like I'm waiting on the bell to ring. An individual I grew up with since yay high, who was also 
started off claiming the hood, but he eventually getting put on the other side of the track. He's well known, one of they like official little homies mm-hmm. that's like, yeah, he got status. So he walks through, boom, he's looking for me. He's looking, they trying to figure out which classroom I in. So he with two females. I know one of the females. The other female, I don't know, but she knew me because she spotted me. She said, there you go right there. So he walks in. So he's talking to the teachers, just trying to do a distraction just to see if I'm actually in there. The other female who I do know, like she stayed in the poly apartments. I've been knowing her for a long time. She like, they deep. Like she like, they up here, bro. Like be careful. I'm also like, you know, I don't care. At that time, my mind was so much like, I'm that guy. You know, you don't want to see me about nothing, right? I'm, I'm out there. I don't care how deep you are. So I pushed through the hallway or whatnot. Just so happened the dude who was walking into the classroom to see if I'm there, him and another individual who I also grew up with that I was, you know, real tight with, who I still had good relations with, he came up there because he said he heard I was there. He said he was at the park when they came up there, and they like, yeah, Big Fady up there, man. We fit to go up there and do such and such to him and this and that. He like, what? So he like, I'm going to come up there and make sure everything go cool. So him and the other individual say, look, the homie, he want to fight you. You feel me? The homies are up here to actually jump you and do other stuff, but they like, look, if you want to squabble with the homie, we're going to make sure it's a head up fade. I'm like, oh, you speaking my language, a head up fade where I can shine and do what I usually do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take that. So they turn around, they like, look, big fade going to squabble with the homie, it's going to be a head up fade, nobody jumps in. Oh, the whole crowd go crazy because they was there for something else. So they all, oh, man, nah. bunch of school kids as well. Huh? Just everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The drama. Yeah, so That's they all, no, nah, they homegirls going crazy. Y'all gonna get this guy a head up fight? Why would y'all do that? Like, no, they said, look, man. One of the individuals said, look, if y'all jump in, y'all gonna have to see me. Period, point blank. So now everybody like, sorry, man. You know, <laughs> going to give him a head up fight. So we go in the parking lot or whatever. Do what we do? We squabble down. Long story short, I end up winning the fight, lump him up or whatever or whatnot. He said, long story short. Yeah, long story uh, You know, getting it taught up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I lumped him up. You know, there's no mystery about that on the east side. But I would say a couple of months go by where I don't see him again. I end up getting kicked out of school, I think, a few days after that because I end up socking somebody out during the fire drill and kicking them, stomping them out. And so they end up kicking me out of summer school. I was then to summer school. So the first day of school comes. Um, one of my loved ones at that time, he was going to the school. I was going to, I, I just started back going to probation school, but I wasn't supposed to start until the next day. So the first day of school mm-hmm. was for the regular school kids. So Poly High School, all the other schools in Long Beach. So one of my loved ones say, look, man, you got the pistol. Come pick me up from school. You feel me? Because he like, you know, I know some of them dudes going to be up there. He's going to Poly. So he like, I know some of them dudes going to be up there. Can you come pick me up? I said, cool. I'm going to be there bright and early. You ain't got to worry about nothing. You feel me? So I do my normal program, get up, smoke a little something. At that time, I used to smoke. So I smoke a little something, make sure the pistol is loaded, and I'm on my way off to the oh, races to go, you know, pick up the uh, the homie. So... While I'm up there, I'm running into all different type of people, females, dudes, and they, oh, you know, we ain't seen you in a minute type stuff, whatever. You got some dudes looking at me like, yeah, this guy. You feel me? So I eventually go get the homie, and you know how you get that feeling of like, all right, you got the homie, go. You feel me? Don't stay around. Like, just get on. In, in, in retrospect, it always seems very clear. Like, yeah. Fuck, I could have just took it off. I had a feeling. Why didn't I just, and life would have been different. 
know what I mean? Exactly, bro. So we walk in because we're seeing more people. So more people are pulling me. Like, oh, Tyson. Oh, you know, we ain't, oh. So now my mind is going to, you know, maybe I should stick around a little longer. <laughs> so we walk in, and then I end up linking up with my cousin. So I end up leaking with her. She got one of the homegirls with her. And then she, I'm like, what y'all fit to do? She like, we waiting on my other cousin, which is her little sister. She's fit to get out of poly. So they like, what y'all fit to do? I'm like, I ain't really doing nothing. So they like, all right, we'll come with us. So we walking, we get up in poly. And you know when you're not doing your normal program because you're standing in one area too long. And as gang members, you usually don't stand in one area too long unless it's your hood. Other than that, you like, I handle my business, I'm gone. You feel me? Before somebody walk up, before any of the police, you handle your business to get on. But just so happened, we stand in this area waiting on my cousin to come out. She's taking, it seems like, forever. So while we waiting, look who I spot. The same guy I just fought about two months back or whatever. He sees me. He got about two dudes with him. I got the pistol on me. So my mind is in a totally different zone than where his mind is at. Right. So in his mind, he's like, oh, I can, I done healed up or whatever. I'm ready for the rematch. So he starts banging his hood. I'm banging my hood because in my mind at that time, I'm so corrupted. I'm like, there's no back down in me. I'm going to stand my ground. So we banging. Then my cousin, she gets involved. She's you know, banging on him and dissing his hood and saying all this crazy stuff, right? So he goes to, well, you know, I want to run that fade again. I want, I, want, I want my get back. In the beginning, I was like, you know what, bro, you don't want none of this. Because I know I got this pistol on me, and I really don't want to shoot you because it's all of these people around. The police, this is how my mind, and it's crazy as a kid, this is how your mind works. Like, I don't mind killing you, but I don't want to kill you here. It's too many people around, too many women. I want to get away with my crime. At 15. At, no, I was 16 at this at time. 16, I'm right. 16 years old. At, oh, I'm, I'm, at this time, at 16 years old, sad to say, my mind was gone. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't see outside of, out of my gang. I just wanted mm. the gang bang, and that was it. If you would have told me at that time, choose this female or choose your hood, pfft, what? She was out of here, <laughs> and I'm going to the hood. And it's crazy because at that time, it was females that I actually met who had stuff going on, decent females who liked me for me, but they like, man, you just too thuggish. Like, I don't, un they couldn't comprehend, like, why? Like, why you just want to ruin your life for the hood? And I'm like, man, that's the hood. You know, the hood is everything. Yeah. You can't, I couldn't see beyond that. So when he's approaching me, asking me, oh, let's go get down again. In the beginning, I told him, nah, bro, you don't want this. I'm like, man, go on about your business. Nah, 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 nah. He's still running on, nah, I need that again. So my girl, cause she's still talking trash. She on him, right? Yelling out the hood. In my mind is this voice like, don't do it. Walk away. Let it go. But it's so small. You know, I hear it, but this other voice that's over here, which is my ego, my pride in this uh, idea that I have of myself, like, man, you the hardest gangster around. He don't know who you is. You know, that's that other voice. Like, man, yeah, you would really yeah. kill him out here. He don't know that. So that voice is getting louder and the other voice is getting lower and lower. So now I'm locked in on, you know what? You really want this? Cool. Let's go across the street then, and we're going to handle this. So in his mind, oh, we fit to have another fight. Everybody else's mind that's around, 
Oh, it's fit to be a fight. Yay, yay, yay. All the kids, you so know how they do. there's people everywhere watching this go it's, down. School is letting out. School uh, is letting out. So bro, people, that's is, crazy. So, so they just seeing a commotion. They just like, oh, it's fit to be a fight. Yay, let's all go watch the fight. So I'm locked in. I'm like, I already made up my mind like I'm fit to kill this dude. You feel me? So we walking across the street. I'm telling certain people, like, leave. Like, it was a little female there who I used to date. You know, we was in middle school. I still had, like, a little crush on her that one night. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. she's so amped up. She just want to see me fight because she didn't see me fight a few times. And she one of them people, like, she's one of my biggest cheerleaders when it comes to violence. Mm-hmm. So she like, oh, yeah. And I'm telling her, like, no, nah, you need to leave. Like, you don't even know. She's like, no, nah, I want to. I'm like, you need to so, leave. So, qu- quick question. Um... If you squabbed them up before and you put hands on them like that, why didn't your brain automatically go, I can beat this fool down. I don't even need to pull the pistol out. I'm going to slap the fuck out of him. You know what's crazy? A lot of people ask that question. Even when I was in prison, and I think I believe it was the psychologist and the parole board, because mm. I had to get out through the parole board, asked me that same question, right? But like I said, my mind and my level of violence was escalating. Mm. So I looked at it as, you're no longer a challenge. You're someone who's beneath me. I've already conquered you. I don't care about you no more. It'd be different if we had a good fight and I felt like, man, I didn't do my best. Mm. I got, okay, I'm like he felt. I didn't do, he felt he didn't do his best. He's coming back. You feel me? He's coming back for that challenge. Me, I'm already like, I'm past you. You're, you're, You're beneath me. So since you still want some more problems, I'm going to just eliminate you completely. Mm. That's where my mind went to, and that's how my mind... Because most people think how you think. Well, why don't you just squabble him in there? No, I'm increasing in my level. I'm not that same guy two months ago that you fought. Two months later, gotcha. I'm increasing in my violence. I'm carrying a pistol every single day at this time. Like, that's over with. So if I got the opportunity to kill you, I'm killing you. So as we walking across the street, I'm 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 just I'm just zoned all the way in. I ain't really saying too much. Like I said, I told a few people like they need to leave. Like my cousin, she kind of already knew. Like yeah, my cousin ain't playing. Mm. We we for to get up out of here. So we walking across the street. We get across the street. I ain't saying nothing. He's taking off all of his stuff, his backpack, and you know he's getting ready to take off his shirt. And as he's peeling out his shirt, I just pull out the pistol. Start shooting, emptying out the clip, hit him about four times, chased him down, try to just 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 let him have it, right? And it's crazy in front of a thousand kids. Man, it's 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 probably. And about, I know it's high school. You know what's crazy about that? That's happened multiple times at my high schools. What happens? Oh, what happened to homeboy? He came after school. They shot, and homeboy we just disappeared. You busted for people. Don't know what happened to those kids. Yeah, the kids that get into those situations after school. Yeah, know? real talk, right? So it's about 30 kids around us, all right? But I'm so like, I'm just, I'm blank thin of like, this is what I'm fit to do. So they're all gathered around, like they're fit to just see a fight. His homies, they standing there, they, yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. You know, they coaching him on and mm. I'm just sitting there looking at him like, you don't even know what's coming. So I I, I pull out the wow. pistol, I shoot him down, but I nice. for, for many years, right? For many years, because for the first, I would say for the first um, few years of my incarceration, you know, I used to have a lot of nightmares, you know, mm-hmm. and um, my nightmares used to be like, you know, having shootouts and, you know, people just trying to kill me and 
you know, I'm on the run from the police, you know, all of these because of the lifestyle that I was living, right? But one of the things I still can remember all the females screaming. You know, it's and just, it wasn't a good screaming. It was like in horror, right? Yeah, or something like yeah, that. because they didn't expect it. Yes, you know, so they caught off guard, and you know the dudes are just scattering. Dudes are like, "Oh, I'm out of here," but the females they respond a little differently to you know, yeah, to to events like that. So they're just screaming. But I'm lo- at that time, I'm not tripping off. I'm just locked in. Like I need to get my man. But over the years, what a person don't realize, it takes a toll on you. Absolutely. You know, it, 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 it sinks in to, like, your spirit, bro, and it stays with you. And you begin to relive those things, but ain't no telling how you might relive them. Like I said, in my dream, I'm having shootouts with people I don't even know. You feel me? I'm on the run for the police from crimes. Some I did commit, some I didn't even commit, but your mind is just playing things out. You know, your heart is in turmoil. It's, it's things that's just going on within you. You feel me? So I, I remember that for a long time. It took many years for me to get them screams out of my mind. Like, many years. They had just they had just pop up randomly. And the females just like, oh, like, oh my gosh. Like, did, did old boy end up dying? No, he ended up living. He ended so up living, so it was a murder. Huh? murder. Did you think he was going to die? I really didn't care. You know, at that time, my mind was like, I'm seeking to kill you. But if you don't die, you know, I don't care about that. You're my enemy. I'm just seeking to destroy you, get rid of you. But if you just so happen to live, now you know don't mess with me. You feel me? So that's how my mind worked. And how my mind even worked back then was so crazy was thinking I was going to get away. You got oh, really? so many people out here who actually know you, right. yeah. seeing it, and you thinking you fit the yeah. get away. And, 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 and I don't need do the students know you. The staff 100% knows you because you've been the troublemaker all along. So they're like, tight from, oh, well, he came after school. They already, they know you. They're 10 steps. And away. it's crazy because there's dudes who heard about my crime and was like, I heard about that. Dudes I ran to later yeah, on yeah. in prison. One of the dudes I ran to at the transitional home, he was like, I heard about your case. Like, that's crazy. He like, when you did it, I heard about it. You feel me? And that's like, damn, all different dudes was like, yeah, I heard about that, man. That was crazy. You feel me? So how long after they pick, did they pick you up? That same, same day? day? Same day. The individual I ended up shooting him and um, several other dudes ended up telling the police who I was because they already knew me. You yeah, know, so yeah. he ended up telling the police who I was. They came and snatched me up that same day. And I still had the pistol on me because. So they caught you red-handed pistol. Red-handed with the pistol because I, I just loaded it. I just loaded the pistol, like, man, I just put some new bullets in it. My whole mind frame is, look, I'm finna get rid of this gun. I'm finna go get a whole nother gun. You feel mm-hmm. me? So I'm at the house actually waiting on somebody to come pick me up so I could drop this gun off and get another gun. So the police already know that it was me because they said it was me. So they already done blocked off the perimeter of my house, me not even knowing. So when they rolled up, I'm trying to run. As I'm trying to run, they already got all the areas blocked off. So they get me, end up catching the gun on me and all of that. So here I go, hauled off the juvenile halls. And then it's the cold thing. My mother witnessed it. Witnessed what? Witnessed what? Me getting arrested. 
Oh, oh yeah. Because yeah, I'm at the house. Like, I thought it was a shooting. No, 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 no. My my mother witnessed because she's in the house. She was braiding hair at the time, doing somebody's hair or whatever. Then downstairs, my cousin. What if she had no idea that you something had happened. No, no nephews. No no next door neighbors. She never caught wind from she like. Didn't, she didn't. It just happened okay. in the it day. Just, it just happened. Yeah. Okay. So she doesn't know that it just happened. My big brother knew because I told him I need some more shells for this pistol. So, so you like, were on that type of time, not like I'm gonna go uh, run to the river, I'm gonna throw it in the beach, I'm cool, not none of that. You're like, you see, nah, when you're, you're when you're in that zone, you're trying to figure out where to go. You're like, I'm trying to go here, I'm trying to go there, but then you're trying to picture, well, I don't want to stay there all day, you know, feel me? Where, where can I stay? Then I'm at the homie house, and I'm like, okay, okay, I can stay here, but then the individuals who was there mm-hmm. at that location, they panicking. <laughs> they like, oh man, bro, you feel because yeah. they doing dirt. And they don't want the police running up in there because it's guns and all types. Right. So they like, man, yeah. Big Faye, you got to like figure it out, bro. What you going to do? So them panicking, I don't even feel comfortable staying here. I'm like, yeah, I'm out of here. So I end up leaving, going somewhere else. And then the other G homie like, look, bro, you can't you know, stay here for too long. This ain't my house. It's grandma's house. You feel me? Mm. What you going to do? So I'm like, man, take me to the house. Go to the house. Tell bro, man, I need some new. Shells for this uh, for this pistol, running down, man. Y'all just shot so and so. You know I'm fit to go change this gun. I don't get another gun. You feel me? I'm just continuing on with my madness. I'm thinking in my mind he's not going to tell on me. He's going to keep because it you G. think he came from the same cloth and the motherfucker's going to keep it G. You right? feel me? Like, if he survived, he going to keep it G. Yeah. He was running his mouth like he wanted it, so I gave him <laughs> the activity. Man. But he's going to keep it G, and nah, that wasn't the case. So okay, okay. So real quick, so let's fast forward a little yeah. bit. So this is what eventually um, led you to pleading guilty to twenty five with eighty five. Yeah, yeah. So so going up in there um, at that time, they was forcing kids to fight their fitness. I ain't gonna even say every kid because some kids was direct fouls to direct you know adult court. Yeah. So I had the opportunity to fight my fitness for for a few months. So as I'm in there, they charge me. They say, you're going to be charged with attempted murder. Okay, whatever. I'm sitting in there, start going to court, but they starting me off in juvenile court. So I'm thinking I might have a shot. I'm like, okay, juvenile court, I can get juvenile life. Cool, I can do that. To 25, I take on that. Crazy, crazy mentality. Yeah. Right. You feel me? You in that lifestyle? You looking for the? You looking for the best? In your mind, that's a win. Mm -hmm. I just almost killed this dude, and you won't fit to just let me serve time until I'm 25. And you calculating? I'm still young. Okay, I can still go out there and get the hood right. Okay, I can still. That's what you're focused. You're not focused on. I'm gonna walk away, and this is over with. Your mind is focused on how can you become more entrenched in the life, and what's the best option for you so juvenile life compared to getting life in the adult court you like cool i can do that juvenile life was never on the table their whole mind was we fit to send you to adult court so i'm like well you ain't gonna even give me a chance to they like no you're going to adult court so now in the adult court now they talking life now they talking you know if you go to trial this is what you fit to get you're looking at 25 of life and and when you're a kid you really don't know the court system at all. Even yeah. though you might have been to camp, you might have been juvenile halls a few times, you might have even been the youth authority. Until you fight that adult case, you really don't you don't know the 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 moves and the language of that court system like that, right. man. So it could be deals that you qualify for that you don't even know because your lawyer didn't tell you. 
You feel me? Because he got so many people on his caseload and he looking for the best way out for certain people and you might not be one of those people. You might be the one that he feel he can dump off because he's a public defender. Most public defenders, they not really trying to sit mm. there and spend their whole day and whole life trying to make sure you come out on the winning end. They like, look, we gonna try to give you something that you can somewhat possibly live with, but if you can't, whatever. You know, I got another case I got to focus on. So as you in there going through the motion, and I also want to say this, a lot of our family members don't be knowing, you know, what to say, how to fight for us, and what's yeah. the best outcome that we should be looking for. Yeah. You feel me? So they in the courtroom trying to go off of what the judge is saying, what the public defender is saying, and they're like, well, okay, he's saying this. This might be good, and he's saying that, and this might be good. And you just like, man, I just know I don't want to serve life. <laughs> In here, yeah. you feel me? I don't want to die in here, and I want to have another opportunity to get out of this place. So I'm going to try to do whatever's the best thing for me, right? Mm -hmm. So going up to adult court, now they talking about you go to trial, you get in life, period. That's what you're looking at. All right, cool. I'm fighting my case for several months in juvenile hall, still getting into crazy activity in there with the kids in there because they all think they <laughs> just as did hard you, as— Did you end up going to the compound? Is yeah, yeah. The, and the reason that's important because you get halls, juvenile hall, they're all a little different. Compound is where the more serious crimes went, and then after that is probably YA. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the compound is where you in there fighting serious cases. You either got mm -hmm. a, a gang of robberies, you in there for attempted murder, you in there for kidnapping, carjacking, yeah. murder. That's it. High end stuff. Bro. Yeah. So everybody in there is running on the level 10. Mm. You got very few who might be running on the level seven as far as their mentality, mm -hmm. their ego, and what they think they are as a gang member and their violence level. But most kids in there running on the 10, they all feel like I'm that guy from mm. where I'm from. And you better not try to test me or I'm going to try to test. So being in that compound, man, it was, it was, a, it was a different jungle. It was because no one really knows um, the true definition of respect or how to give it so we running off of what we think respect is we running off of um my hood is the hardest hood around and yours not as tough as mine mm -hmm. so get out my way and then you got the staff members who used to feed into it because mm -hmm. a lot of them either come from a gang infested neighborhood or they got family from there or they ain't have been to the juvenile system themselves so they kind of know like the ins and outs of how it plays and how it goes so they'll feed into it you feel me oh he wants to fight you that's your enemy you know do yeah, you want to fight yeah. or you know that's your enemy over there or, shit, yeah, yeah they they, they instigate a situation you're so easily to be manipulated as a kid you think like you got a handle over yourself and you don't not a follower but you're a follower in yeah, reality, yeah, so they egg on the situation. So a lot of kids end up, you know, getting into all type of fights. Fights you probably wouldn't even thought you would have been in if the staff member would have just stayed out the way and not said anything. Mm. You feel me? But it is what it is on that. So, yeah, going to that compound, I'm, I'm in there. I hit all the different units. So they got Y unit, X unit, Z unit, and W. So I had start off with, with the Y unit. The Y unit was people who was still fighting they, uh, they fitness, fighting they, seeing if you're going to adult court or juvenile court, or you might have already been sentenced, but you're standing, going to YA or something like that. 
once you get out of that, as far as the juvenile court, now you go into adult court. Now they fit to get the moving you around to okay. these different units. Now so, you so you were going to, through to adult court while still in the system, in the juvenile system. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, wasn't old enough to go to the county. Just wasn't yet. old enough to go to yeah. the county. So, so, so real, what what age did they pr finally give you your first deal? How many years did it take? What, what I was age seventeen. Okay, so I caught so the case at 16. 16 so I, I fought. I actually fought the case for a total of a little over eight months. Okay, that's not a long time to get sentenced with that much time as you did. You, you feel me? So ultimately, you got sentenced to how much again? Uh, twenty-five years with eighty-five percent a determinate sentence. Determinate sentence. Determinate strikes. Sentence. No strikes. One strike, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the thing. My lawyer came and seen me. My public defender came to see me a week before that. And he told me, he said, look, I talked to the DA, man. You know, it's all good. They got this deal on the table. I think it's going to be good for you. You know, I said, well, how much is it? In my mind, I'm thinking attempted murder 10 years. Because mm. this is like That's stuff you see. That's what it sounds like, this is, this is stuff you see in movies. Attempted murder, 10 years. I can pull off 10? Hey, you hey, feel I, me? I, told, I think I told you guys before, I'm like, but he didn't even die. Like, why am I going to do anything more than that, you know? But then you realized it cost 5000 just to talk to the lawyer. Attempted murder carries life. Shooting in the air is shooting at an inhabited vehicle. You're going to get hit with all kinds of shit. So, in this, yeah. which you don't know with the court system, uh -huh. all these enhancements that they have lined up for you to give you the longest sentence possible. Well, definitely. Even if I went right now as a young adult to the courts right now, I would not know shit. Yeah, like, I would right. know nothing, and I would be put in a situation where I'd be serving 30 years for something maybe even small. Like crazy yeah. stuff like that. They were telling dudes, so uh, any gun committed with a crime, not only are you being charged with a crime, but you're being charged with a 10-year gun enhancement. And then if you're years. a gang member, you're going to get another 10-year gang enhancement. Yeah. So your crime may carry three years, but now you're looking at 26, 23 years because... A lot of and I've numbers. seen dudes get sentenced to the full 20 fucking three. So. And that's how what happened with me. My attempted murder only held five years. So what is it? Five, seven, and nine. And they gave you the small term. They gave five, me. They gave me the but five. But they hit you with the the gun, the enhancement. gun enhancement. Right. Oh discharging discharging a firearm, but hitting the victim. So the ten years is for using a firearm in the midst of a the crime. Mm. Discharging the, the firearm and and hitting the uh, uh, the GBI. Uh, GBI? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't think they don't even say the GBI. They, they just like you discharge the firearm. In the, in the commencement of your crime, you hit your victim 20, uh, 20 years. Damn. So that five years for the tip of murder just jumped up. Now it's 25 years. So he tell me, he said they got a deal. So I'm like, okay, a deal? What you talking? Because on my mind, I don't want to do life. So what you Correct. talking? He said, 17 years. I think I can get that for you. I said, 17? I said, wow, okay. Okay, so you 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 racking it in your mind? Seventeen years. How you much you think I'm? Eight. Yeah, how much you gonna? How much you think I'm gonna do off that? Oh, you know, seventeen years. You probably do um, about fourteen. You know, possibly you know thirteen somewhere around. I said, oh, okay, okay. I ain't that good at math, but that sounds it's reasonable. Not life. Yeah. It's not life. Seventeen. I said, man, thank you. I'm congratulating you, man. You're doing your job, man. That's what's up. I go yeah. back to the unit. People like, man, what's up with you? I'm all happy. <laughs> like, man, talking 17 years, bro. I can do that. You know, run that. They got the music playing. I'm enjoying myself. I got my little feet kicked up, you know. And I go to court. Crazy, crazy. I go crazy. to court. 
And uh, my lawyer comes in, he talks to me. I said, so what's up? They, they, got, they got the deal on the table? He said, ah, well, you know, I talked to the DA. He hit me with some drag. She talked to her boss, and, you know, her boss is like, no, that's too less of a time. And now nah, they, so what they talking right now is 25 years. Man, I jumped out of my seat like 25 years? For what? For that? He like, yeah, they talking 25 years, man. You know, that's all. I said, they ain't trying to. No wiggle, what happened to the 17? He like, nah, man, like, nah, they not trying to, they trying to budge. They just, they trying to give you this 25. But look, it's not life. You know, this is what he tell You know, if you go to trial, they, you know, they can give you this, this, and that. And that's how they get you. If you go, yeah, to, trial, you go to trial, you can get, and I want to know, in my mind, I'm like, they got the gun. They got the dude told on me. So I'm like, man, am I willing to risk that? So they already got all the evidence to actually convict me and give me life. So I'm like, damn, do I want to risk it? So I tell him, I say, look, man, do you mind if I talk to my mom? So they clear out the courtroom or whatnot and um, bring me up there. So my mom bring one of my best friends in there, you know, who, who man, I just love this guy to death man that was that was that was my road dog as people say back then that was my road dog so she bring him in you know i haven't seen him in a minute because he had ended up getting shot when i was on the street and that was the last time i saw him his mom took him somewhere off somewhere else i, I haven't yeah. seen him in a minute so he in there i'm shocked to see him he's sitting there so mom's like we know what they talking about i'm like look mom stay talking 25 years you know what that did to mom. That crushed her like 25. Like, oh. So she ended up, she started that's, crying. That's you know, I started crying. Because <laughs> I'm like, damn, man, mom's hurt. Then my, 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 my man's right here, my boy, my best friend, he crying. Like, damn, bro, like 25. I'm like, yeah, 25. You, you, that, it's fucking insane to think about that at that age. You can't even grasp what 25 years really means. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, you're being dealt with a life decision that's gonna literally change you, um, and you you can't even begin that fucking. And you know what's the crazy thing about it? The judges and the DAs they do it with a straight face. What? What? With they, do it, they, do it with a, they do it. They do it. They do it with a straight face. They're just like numbers. They're just throwing football numbers and like numbers. yeah, oh, forty five. Man, man, bro, bro, and, 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 and it burns you up inside because in your mind. You did the crime. Now, don't get me 100%, 100%. wrong. I, I, I did the crime. Agreed. But you like, you're not even giving me a chance to see if I'm a change. You just like, you're a monster. Get out of here, bro. Go and serve the rest of your time, whether it's life, whether it's 50 years. We don't even care to see you no more. You committed this crime right here. That's all that matters. We don't even care to look into how you grew up, mm -hmm. how, who influenced you. How did you become so crazy and dangerous? They don't care about that. They like, I got a job to do. They call themselves protecting society. How you protect this? I'm only 16. Who goes to say in the next five years I'm still going to be doing this and living this life if you was to give me different resources and put me in a different environment? So they feel like they're just doing this upstanding job for the community. I'm a minister to society, and I don't need to be around. So. I, f I find that so interesting. I think what, because I believe in the re like giving someone an individual time for rehabilitation, right? For personal rehabilitation. Yeah, 100%. I believe in that. I think what, what sucks is that the people before you is what ruined it, right? That whole recidivism part. The numbers. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. The idea yeah. of it coming back ruined it for I you. would disagree, though, right? Because 
they was given harsh numbers way back then. You know, the system never really cared about us. It wasn't like we was looking out for your best interest. No, I, I think he's more talking along the lines of, like, when they were letting out kids, and then they will go fucking kill the whole family. And then that's when the laws became more fucking draconian. Okay, you know, okay, and, and okay. Because so. you did have, like, back in my dad days, my, my dad, you know, um, he went to YA for murder back in his time. You, you know? know what I mean? So, Seven years, yeah. Yeah, they, you serve your time in YA, and you get out. But as the 90s start to hit and, you know, they start increasing the amount of time that they was getting, they like, no, we fit to send you to go serve these long, 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 long years, whatever. Then, you know, the three strikes and all of hey, these different things. Question on that note. My philosophy is this. I feel I did five years. I feel like if I would have gone in for about two or three, I would never have learned my lesson. Mm -hmm. I think that's not enough time. What do you think? What were your thoughts on that? I, be, I, I agree with you. I, I, right. to, I totally agree. Uh, I can speak for myself. Uh, and same thing, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can only speak for myself, yeah. but I can also speak for people that, that has that sickness in their heart and they're so corrupted. Mm. Man, you would have you gave me juvenile life. I would have served that, got out, and I would have been a, a, a monster to the community, and they wouldn't have been able to handle it or understand it because I would have just had time to mm -hmm. just sit back and plot out how I could become more corrupt. More corrupt. How can I do this to become a smarter gang member? How can I do this to commit more crimes over here? Because you're still being influenced by the streets. The streets are still tapping in with you. Or to say it's turning around, you're still tapping in with the streets. Mm -hmm. So they telling you everything that's going on. They still feeding your ego with you're missed out here yeah. and we love you and bro, we can't wait for you to come home and we wish you were here to do this and that. And but but that changes after five. 10, 15 people, you don't even, they don't even remember you anymore after 15, 20 years. You know, yeah, you probably that, know that, three of the homies from back in the day that are still around. That's yeah, it. that, 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 that happens for, for, for a lot of people, man. But that, to, like you said, five years wouldn't have been enough for me. They would have yeah. just gave me that five for that attempted murder. Not to say that the time they gave me was right, because only God knows when your development towards change is going to happen to start. Right. Only right. God knows that. So, so, so yeah, yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I want to touch on that now because I know we're just because of time and stuff. Yeah, I want to yeah, start yeah. touching on that. So now you you were sentenced to to twenty five years. You what was that experience? Give, briefly tell us a little bit about your experience initially from the start, and then kind of what led you to now you opening up to a religion now, right? Mm -hmm. and, and question on that to add to that, and was religion the reason or uh, that started changing kind of like your right. trajectory? Or kind of the whole scheme, the whole setup for that, if you can. Okay. Um, well, when I got sentenced, they sent me to YA first. So, because I'm still young, I'm two, I'm mm. 17, so I can't go to prison yet. And it's an intense spot, from what I've learned. Yeah. YA is oh, a yeah. very y active spot. YA, man, the, the key is there. <laughs> Everybody is turned up, as they say. Right. Mm. So, going there, my mindset is still set on proving myself. Excuse me. Making sure that I come on the winning, coming out on the winning end of things. Mm. So getting there, I knew quite a few dudes from juvenile halls who were fighting their cases too. So me coming in, they see me I'm like, oh, you know, okay, you got sentenced. Already honey. sentenced. Yeah, okay. they already sentenced. So I'm coming in and they seeing me. Like, oh, I know this dude. Oh, okay, okay, that's what's up. That's mm -hmm. what's up. You know, and um, while I'm in there, I'm going through the process. First, you start off in reception. So that's SR, Southern right. Reception, which is in Norwalk. So you start you start there first, 
do your little three months, whatever there, and then they ship you up to to up north. So while I'm in Norwalk, my mother, she's coming to see me, my little brother. I was actually last time I seen my little brother for a long time. So um, he comes to see me, mom's come to see me, and um, one of the experiences too that I, that I had in there that that stuck with me for a long time, and it's still it's still with me is my mother came to see me one time. And it was just me and her. We in there chilling. It's probably like our third time visiting or whatever. I'm in Hawaii. And I'm sitting there talking to her. We talking about what's going on on the streets with the family. I'm still being a, a, a idiot, a fool. I'm banging on people as they walking by. And, you know, homies mm-hmm. coming to the table and saying what's up and all this nonsense, right? So as I'm talking to her, you know, she's just staring at me. And then she just, like, lower her gaze. And I'm like, you know, like, what's going on with you? You know, and she just couldn't control her emotions. She like, I knew this day was coming. She like, you was either going to be dead or you was going to be in jail for the rest of your life. You know, and that just, it, it stopped me. Like, my heart just sank because she just bursted out in tears. And I'm like, oh, man, it's getting me right now just thinking about yeah. it. Like, oh, man. And she just boo-hoo and crying. I'm starting to shed tears, and I'm like, nah, it's okay, it's okay. But she like, you know what? She like, I'm glad that you're not dead in the graveyard and you're right. in jail. She like, I can still see you. I can still hug you. But she like, ah, oh, man, I knew this day was coming. Yeah. You know, so we sitting there, we shedding tears, and I'm just like, oh, man. But that always stuck with me. It just stuck with me just seeing her break down like that and hearing her say that. It was like. Man, it still hurt me today. Yeah, because like, it, it holds man. a lot of truth. You know, the reality is that that place saved you at the same time. Because what would what what would have been the pathway out here? Yeah, at least she can write a letter to you. At least she could have you know called yeah. and get an answer. You know, there's a lot of kids in the same fucking environment didn't make it for whatever reason. Oh yeah, I know a lot. I know a lot of them right? kids too. I know them. So at that time though, it hit me in that moment, but I shook it off. Okay. You yeah, know how okay. you, you like? You gotta go back to <clears> yeah, the, I gotta to go. The, I gotta go back to this jungle. I, yeah. I, sh- I shake it off, boom, and I continue on my mission. They send me up north. So for many years, I didn't see my mother. For mm-hmm. many, even when I went to prison, for many years, I didn't get no visits, none of that. That's right, yeah. So I go up. They send me to Ione, California, Preston. So I go up north. So I'm up there, doing what I do. I'm banging and getting into fights and riots and. All type of nonsense. So real quick, that wasn't tough on you because you were used to it already. Would you say? I, I was. I was already. It's like it's like that callus over your hand. Yeah. You know how you're working mm. with your hands for so long, and you like ah. In the beginning, you like you don't feel it. You feel time. me? Your yeah. hands. Your hands are real soft, and yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And, and you ain't you ain't used to that. You like oh man. But over time, you get to working with that metal, and you get to uh, working out, and that callus and builds up, and you like oh yeah. Now it's just nothing. Mm. You could just power through it so it was like that. It was that callousness that built up and just made you hard and strong. And you just like, you know what? I could take whatever. Like, it's nothing. So you just continue to just power through, bro. Your whole thing is survival. That been my mentality right. since yay high from when I was in prison. Just survive, bro. Mm-hmm. Don't be the guy who tap out. Don't be the guy who's somebody else's victim and just survive. So... Went through the levels of YA, hit prison at the age of 18. As soon as I turned 18, a week later, they like, Man, that's, that's so fast. That's fast. They do it fast as hell. Yeah. yeah. You can tell the 18-year-olds. They look like babies. You know what I mean? 
Damn, is, is like, that, damn, bro, you look like you just came from juvenile hall. Yeah, or yeah, dude was like, where, where you, where you, where you come from, yeah. right? You know, but it happens so fast because it's a, it's a cycle that's going. You know, it's a revolving mm-hmm. door. We got to get you out of the way so these beds can get filled. Thanks, it's people man. that's that's waiting to come. So we got to get you on up. Where are you going? Yeah, you going upstate? Going and having to serve your time. It was nice knowing you. Yeah. So. Stepped into prison, age of 18, no, not really knowing anything, just trying Where'd to... Where'd you end up landing? Uh, I ended up landing Tracy Reception. Is that up north? That's, That's up north, north. Yeah, in, so. in Stockton, because so I was already up north. From, okay, okay. Yeah, I was gotcha. already up north, so they like, as soon as you leave YA, they, they sending you there. So I'm there for a few months or whatnot, just trying to figure out, like, where are you going to send me to? So they send me, they like, all right, we're going to send you to this level four. You know, the amount of time, because I started off with high points. So I started off with 146 points. Oh, damn, so that point, points. yeah, the points. Yeah, I think it's a lot because someone last time yeah. we had was like, what, 120? That's a lot well, for 140. Man, it's it's a lot because they was racking up everything. All the YA stuff. The, the, I, I got nine batteries in YA. So they racking that up. That's points. They like, we're giving you points for that. We're giving you points because you're a gang member. We're giving you points because of your age. We're giving you points because of your crime. So they just racking up all of these points, and you just like, okay. You don't know what it means. Mm-hmm. you just like, okay, but the OGs are looking like, dang, youngster, how you get under? You know, what are these points? Like, what would you like? Oh, yeah, I came from YA. And they like, oh, okay. <laughs> we understand yeah, now. Yeah, you come from YA. Okay. So they send me on level four, right? So they sent me to, to to one level four. I end up uh, getting shipped up out of there because end up getting into a situation with one of the staff members or whatnot. And, you know, you don't really beat no cases in there. The mm-hmm. staff members say you did it, you did it. Period, point blank, regardless of how you <laughs> even try to fight it, explain it or whatever. They're going to say, well, I'm going to believe my officer. That's how it happened, whatever. So they sent me from there. I was on the 270. That was the first two. I didn't even get to last that long. I didn't even make it out to the main line to you. I'm still in the reception process. But they sent me from there to, okay, we finna send you to this 180. Now the 180 is maximum. That's all the way like, like yeah, it's going down. Everybody is strictly serious and they mean business. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of that was I ended up going to sell with somebody that I knew from the streets. One of uh, individuals who was my homeboy at that time, and he was also the father of my little cousin. So I knew him. He already been in prison. He'd been in prison for a few years before I even got there. So he already got laced up, and he know how these things go. So as soon as I get there, I move in the cell with. I eventually move in the cell with him. So while I'm there, he's lacing me. He's still young, but he's been in here. He's been in the cell with certain Crazy, people. Huh? Yeah, he's still young, but he's been there longer than you, and he's has enough chance to peep game and and say, yeah. hey, "This is what you want to do in here," because it's just different. Yeah. So he was educating me on a lot, bro. And God knew what I needed in order for me to start my process of growing. Yeah. So put me in the cell with him, even though we had our moments, we had our disagreements, we didn't always get along, but yeah. we were cellies for six years. For six years at different prisons because we end up catching a case at the prison that we was at together and they split us up and I end up going to a different one, Eddie, and he ended up coming and following right behind me, sell back up again. That's super that's super rare, right? I mean, it sounds like it would be rare. Yeah. So we were selling overall six years. So throughout them six years, I'm learning from him though. His mind worked so fast and he was so sharp when it came to like understanding yourself. Developing yourself with uh, writing, because he's one who helped me even 
further my writing skills. You know, trying to mac at women and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you in there, everybody wants a female. You know, everybody wants a woman who's a ride or die, going to hose you down type stuff. So even though he's teaching me certain things in that area, it's still helping me get my vocabulary up. It's helping me get my writing skills down and things of that nature. It's helping me learn how to communicate with people because that's one of the first things he helped me to realize. You come in here, you have to develop your communication skills. Because you can say the wrong thing and find yourself in a situation that's not good for you. And you got a lot of OGs in here who look to twist youngsters up, who look to try to get youngsters on their team because they got some smoke from way back when and people out to get them or they just like to just stir up dust. That's what they like to do. Or they just might not like somebody that you're close to so they can get you in the summer. They just might not like you. But they know all of the lingo and the wordplay and figure out how to pull you yeah, into yeah. Manipulated, a situation. Manipulation at its finest. Yeah, so you learn how to pay attention to people's words. Pay attention to what they say and what they don't say and how they say it. So I began to develop my communication skills because that wasn't my strong suit. On the street, it was strictly aggression and violence. Mm. If you say something and I didn't have no verbal really comeback for it, I'm just like, oh, I'm just for the beat you down. You feel me? So in there, you can't just do that. You, you can, but you're going to find yourself in a situation that's not going to be to your benefit because it's politics at play. You just sat here and punched this dude out and got your homies involved, got his homies involved, or you just sat here, said the wrong thing to this dude, and now we all fit to go to war. People fit to get stabbed, or you end up stabbing this dude. Now we having a war for the next five years because of you, mm. or you feel me? Now you're looking like the troublemaker. Because you don't know how to watch your words and you think you could just go around and fight everybody. Or you getting pulled into a situation where a person say, he committed to this. And you say, I didn't commit to that. He said, no, 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 you said this. And your homies are like, yeah, that's a commitment. You committed to that, bro. Mm -hmm. You ain't, you, you, you're a kid. You ain't really knowing. Yeah, no but ain't, no, ain't nobody, nah, these are the politics. Like you want to listen to what's going to happen, then you're a part of it. You're like, what the fuck? I just wanted to know what was going to happen. And they're like, well, shit, now you're part of it. You wanted to know. You, 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 you feel me? <laughs> so those are the, the games and the politics yeah. that's being played. So one of the first things I started to work on was my communication skills. And my celly helped me with that. He helped me to learn how to talk to people, how to apply the right amount of aggression for certain situations, how to peep the scene, how to break down situations. Like, okay, he said this. Well, what did he mean by that? Okay, let's break it down. Okay, did he have any aggression with it when he said it? Okay, does he even really know me like that? Why was he even talking to me about that? What does he really want from me? You feel me? So you learn yeah. how to break things down mm -hmm. to the smallest degree to get to your decision mm -hmm. to say, okay, this dude's trying to play me. <laughs> yeah. And so you go moving forward. Once you make your decision, the decision is made. This dude trying to play me. One thing I, I'll say that, and, and I spoke to someone the other day um, who's been previously, who's formerly incarcerated. You start learning a lot about a human in, in physical nonverbals, the way they speak, the way you'll know they're lying or they're not, or if they're real, they're not about it. Something that you won't learn out here that easy. And I feel like yeah. that's crazy that you build that skill. So now when you come out here, that's why there's these formerly incarcerated individuals that succeed even more or succeed so well because they know this so stuff. hyper aware. Exactly. That's how you put it. Yeah. 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 Hyper aware. Like they're so good at this stuff, at just knowing somebody. Yeah. Identifying somebody. No, that's real. That's now, real. With this, now with this, with this Ellie that you had, did that kind of lead you to now where you started taking in like the, the religion that you do, to, that you take in now or you, pr you um, practice? He helped me, he helped me to develop 
my, my, my mental in so many different areas, which got the ball rolling to where now I didn't really need him necessarily no more. I could think for myself. So now I'm able That's to super important, man. Yeah. Super you got to be able to think for yourself. He set you up to where now you do. Now you find your path and you're going to read the literature that you need to read. And, 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 and that, that's fucking mm -hmm. dope to get to that point. Yeah. So it wasn't years. It, it wasn't until years later once I made the change that I have now. But it was stages. It was just being throughout prison, going to different prison yards and being in different um, situations with the experience. I was already growing and developing mentally and spiritually. But I would say it wasn't for the right reasons and in the right direction. Because I was just more so thinking about how can I be a smarter criminal? You know, how can I be, how can I be a better and stronger warrior, you know, to continue on with the lifestyle I'm living? So I'm becoming smarter. I'm becoming more educated, but I'm applying it to the yeah. wrong things. So you're self-developing in the negative way. But it's, it's leading me somewhere, though. Don't, right. That's the yeah. thing. That because it's a journey. This is a process here. So it's leading me somewhere. So, so how many years would you say that you were doing that? And then how many years did you say in did you have when you finally said, I'm going to use this shit for the positive benefit for just bettering myself? Yeah, that the scale of when I was using it for the wrong reasons outweighs the scale of when I was like, right? you know, okay. oh, oh, totally. Yeah, I'm going to break it down to you. Watch, watch. I'm going to break it down to you. So what really got me on the journey of really making that turn and that shift? They passed the law, Senate Bill 260, mm. 2014. I'm stuck on the 180 in Salinas Valley. While I'm in the cell, I'm already talking about committing crimes. Me and my celly, we already plotting on some stuff like, this is what we fit to do. We fit to handle it like this and like that. Okay, yeah, right, right. Oh, man, we can make this amount of money. We can do this. Right, for sure. That's the plan? Cool. Paperwork come through the door. Because I heard about the law, but I haven't seen... Paperwork come through the door. Elizabeth uh, Calvin, I believe, yes. in the human rights. She's sending it out to all the juveniles who went to adult court, got sentenced. Like, you qualify for this. So I get the paperwork. I sit on my bunk. I'm reading it. I finish reading that. All I'm hearing is, in 15 years, you'll be eligible to go to the parole board and possibly get out early. Crazy. So I'm like, huh. So I'm stuck on that, like, I can actually go home, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, early. So, it, and in that moment, it took courage for me, too, to even tell my celly, like, nah, bro, I'm cool on committing <laughs> what we, what we what, were what, just talking about. What doing. was something like that, If not, not even in the detail, but, like, maybe, hey, we were supposed to go do something on the yard, and I said, fuck it, I'm not going to continue with that. Was there anything, well, like, big that you remember? Because, you know, and I'm thinking how it takes balls. People don't understand it takes balls to say no. Yeah. Because now you got a lot of people looking at you saying, why did this dude say no? What is he on? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, Motherfucker, I'm trying to go home. That's what I'm on. While you're sitting here doing God exactly. knows what. You yeah, know? yeah. Well, I, I, I can say I didn't have a lot of them type of situations, okay. right? Because I learned enough to know how to maneuver. In prison, Ooh, to where I know not to be in that situation of where I'm the one on the chopping block. Mm. Because I got to a level to where when I arrived to certain prisons, I sort of had a status to where if I didn't need to go, I didn't have to go. You're the one on the lower level. You're going to go. 
<laughs> you feel yeah, me? Yeah, no, I get so it. 100%. that kept me kind of maneuvering to where I was the one a lot of the times involved in the politics to where I'm having to say so, like, nah, bro, you screwed up or this is happening, so I'm not the one going on that. You're on the chopping block. Because I wasn't a troublemaker. I knew how to stay in the cut and stay to myself. Because when I was in prison, I was kind of like, if you're not from Long Beach, we really don't deal with each other like that. It was very few people I dealt with outside of my car that kept me safe. Because if I'm dealing with you and you're from another hood, you're getting into stuff, you're pulling me in, I'm your road dog. So I kind of like, if you wasn't from Long Beach, I kind of like stayed in my shell of like, I deal with the Long Beach members mostly. So if you do something wrong, I got say so over you. The next dude I ain't got say so over, he's from a different gang. He's from a different car, so his homies got say so over him. You do something wrong, I got say so over what happens to you, or I'm involved in that, or I can twist the situation however I need to, to where I'm not the one that's on the losing end. You feel me? Because you're from the same area I'm from. And, and, and it sucks, but in turn, becoming one of those OGs that the homie warned you about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it, no, no, like, I'm not. Not, but, not to that level, yeah, yeah, but you know, yeah. it feels, thing, you get that mentality. When yeah. you're like you become seasoned. That's all it is. You you're, you're, I mean? you're 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 seasoned <laughs> to to make sure that things come out in your in you your have to, in, survival of the fucking fitness in your know? favor. But you know the crazy thing about it, I actually thought I was a good guy because I used to think like, okay, well today we politicked on you, and I was one of the ones who said, nah, I don't think you need to get whoops. Damn. So I'm thinking I'm a good guy because wow. I'm like I got you off yeah. of the chopping block. You feel me? But yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But I don't, I don't want to stay too far. Hundred percent. Yeah, let's yeah. get so back the, to the, 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 time to the development. The timeline of the development. How many years? You did seventeen total. Seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. Yeah. Would you say ten years was when, or, or ten, twelve? What was that timeline? Uh, that's what I was gonna walk you through. Okay. I was yep. gonna walk you through when the law passed. Right. I started to ask people questions like I gotta go to the parole board now. I'm asking people who been in the parole board, you know, what did you know about this? So certain dudes have been, some were on their way and they was preparing. So I'm just soaking up whatever you can give me. What do All I right. need to do? So they like, look, you got to have your GED. That's one. I didn't have my GED at the time. Mm -hmm. So they like, look, you got to get involved in these self-help groups, anger management, AA. I'm on a level four. At that time, a lot of them programs wasn't existing. They wasn't anger management. That's they tough, like, man, because huh? it was lockdowns. It was constantly, it was a lot of lockdowns when I first came in. So it wasn't, you ain't going to no programs. Mm -hmm. So now they starting to, now when they pass these new laws, they starting to bring in more programs now. Now all of a sudden you got victim awareness and anger management and, you know, life without a crutch. And so you, AA, I think AA has always been there. That was like the only program, like, yeah, okay, they got AA. Okay. But other than that, all these other programs are starting to come in. So I'm like, okay, get involved in the groups. Okay, I got that. I start signing up for whatever. Anger management, AA, NA, right? Everything. Trying to get my GED. Yeah. I was I spent two years trying to get a GED and I eventually got it, right? Good so shit, bro. Yeah, oh thank you. And um as I got involved in these groups, first group I got involved in was AA. So I'm in AA and it's a trip because AA, every single group opened me up in a different way so I could start learning myself. So in AA, one of the things you have to you don't have to do it, but it's recommended of you that you do it, is you say your name and you say, I'm an addict, right? I'm so-and-so, and I'm an addict. It's kind of crazy to think, you, yeah. You feel me? So I didn't see myself really as an addict because I'm like, I used to drink a little alcohol, smoke marijuana, but I quit that years ago. I quit smoking and drinking in 2009. 
I was only like 21, so I quit, like, because I was, in my mind, I was like, I got to be a smarter warrior. I can't have this. This is hindering me, you know, from being my best self. And That's then it's going to ruin my health, so I started getting rid of all these different mm -hmm. things that I thought weren't beneficial, and those two things were one of them, which I stuck with to this day. And um, so I'm in AA, and I said my real name. I said, you know, my name is Tyson, and I'm an addict. And it just felt strange saying Tyson, because I don't get you know, who calls me Tyson. In my family, they they either call me C Fade or they call me uh, Ty, which is like a family name, mm -hmm. Ty. And the police, they call me by my last name or they call me by my CDC number. And the homies, they call me by my hood name. So Tyson is nowhere in the mix of like no one calls me Tyson. So you knew it was that, yeah. Yeah. So when I said my name, I'm like, it was weird for like the first few weeks of like, damn, Tyson, I don't even sound like right. that's weird. But it opened me up to hearing my name again, to be com becoming comfortable with myself again, speaking in those meetings, saying about things that happened in my life and in my past. So then I moved on, I got involved in anger management. Anger management helped me to understand that you have a choice, that you can't say you don't have a choice in the matter. Because I used to like to say, man, I have a choice. I had to do what I had to do. That's uh, not the case. Mm -hmm. You chose mm -hmm. to do what you did. You had a choice in that moment and you made it. And I'm like, no, nah, that's not the case. He made me mad. No one can make you mad. A hundred percent. Because that's a secondary that. emotion. What was the first emotion? What's up under that? Oh, you felt embarrassed. Oh, you felt humiliated. Oh, you felt disrespected. So here come anger. You made me angry. No, yeah, he didn't make you angry. You allowed yourself to become angry because of your perspective. If you was to change your perspective around and you was to say, well, you know, those are just words, what he said to me. They really mm -hmm. don't matter because they don't define me. You wouldn't become angry because you changed your perspective. So it helped me to understand that. Then I got involved in victim awareness. Victim awareness helped me to understand empathy. That was a deep one, helping me to put myself in my victim's shoes. See how he felt. See how he looked at it from the situation. If you was in that situation, how would you feel? Then I started to look at situations in my life, which most people don't like to do, when they were victims. You feel me? When I got robbed for my bike, when I got jumped, you know, when I felt like I wasn't the strong one in the situation and I felt helpless. You start to look at those things. You start to, oh, so that's how my victim felt. Oh, okay. So now it's opening you up to a different level to learning yourself. And then from one program led to another program led to it. So it's developing me now. So now I'm starting to get in touch with my feelings. I'm starting to get in touch with my spiritual side. I'm starting mm -hmm. to get in touch with there's a possibility I could become a different person. You know, I started writing poetry in there. I'm writing books. So I'm learning that I also have different talents that I never knew. You feel me? So I'm discovering myself in there more and more so over the years now not only am i becoming smarter but i'm becoming more wiser i'm becoming more understanding of people and situations and how to map them out and my heart is starting to become just a little more i would say softer just a little mm. more kinder to where i want to treat people with a different level of respect because i want them to treat me with a different level of respect so what got me involved? You, and you real quick, and you're basically describing growing up. You know what I mean? And it sucks. We I, have to use prison to grow yeah. up in order for us to be like, oh shit. But look, so true. this is years of, of incarceration and going through many, many struggles, bro. It was so many struggles, man. I want to speak on this, right? Because a lot of the, I think a lot of the kids, 
they might not understand, but some people who served a lot of time will understand. I would say the coldest thing that I ever felt in there, right, and I don't wish this on nobody, right, is loneliness. That was one of the coldest feelings. I, I mean, you're surrounded by other prisoners, and but loneliness, man, it sinks in so cold. Physical violence on the yard, that's nothing. You feel like I'm built for that. Mm. You feel me? You uh, go serve time in the hole or whatever. You like whatever. That's nothing. Shoot term, but the loneliness, man. I don't know how it comes, <laughs> where it comes from, but man, that was like one of the coldest feelings I ever felt in there, man. It just feels so alone because your family is so far away. You're constantly dealing with drama, just chaos and trash, and you um, you dealing with the realities of okay, I might have a woman, but I really can't experience her like I want to. I'm trying to make up all these different ways to 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 make things interesting, but she really doesn't understand me because she's not in my situation. You know, and then you got a person who might understand you that's in your situation just like you, but he's dealing with his own stuff. You feel me? And you're yeah, going through all of much. these emotions and you're taught to not even talk about them. You're taught to just, you know, push them down, push them down. So you just in your mind like, man, no one understands me. And then when you try to explain it to your woman or you try to explain it to your family, they take it lightly. You know, they don't take it as serious as you. They just like you're overreacting. And then that puts you even further in your shell. I'm like, man, it's just me. You feel me? I got to survive this. How am I going to get out of this? You feel me? That loneliness just sinks in. Who do I talk to about this? Do I want to talk to somebody about this? Would they even care? Would they understand? Would they, you know, laugh at me? Like, like, nah, man, I just hold it to myself. It's all about me. I got to thug it out. And it just sinks in, man. And for years and years, I dealt with that feeling, man. Mm. And it just it just sent me to a dark place in my heart, darker than what I already was. You feel me? Yeah. And I just felt like the prison system, you don't care about me. You gave me all of these years. You never tried to understand me. You didn't want to give me the opportunity to show that I could be something different. Mm -hmm. So I'm just stuck in my anger, stuck in my misery, and just stuck in this mode of, like, I don't know how to get out of this loneliness. So you know what? I'm going to just continue to behave the way I've been behaving and just get worse and worse as a person, right? So that feeling right there, I'm sure it's other dudes who've been in there who can yeah. speak on that. Like, man, it's, 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 it's the coldest feeling I ever felt in my life, bro. But, um... Moving forward, though, um, I started getting involved in these different groups, and I started going to different yards. The yards that I was going to gave me the opportunity to start to loosen up. Because as I left the, the 180, I went down to a 270. So the 270 was still chaotic a little bit. I'm still politicking, still thugging, doing what I do. But it's not like that 180. That 180 is a totally different monster. So going from there, I'm still doing good, though I haven't had a write-up in several years. So they had this thing called a behavior override. If you're doing good for a certain amount of time, we'll give you a behavior override, and um, we allow you to go down to a lower level. So they saying, okay, we trust you enough to send you to a level three, even though I still got level four points. Oh, shit, okay. <laughs> so they sent me down to a level three. Now, this level three that they sent me down to, which was a blessing, because it wasn't super active, turned up. It wasn't rowdy or anything like that, which gave me the opportunity to um, relax a little bit, to sit back and learn myself from a different standpoint, right? To be able to become, for lack of a better term, softer, you know? To be able to see, do I need to change my life a little further or what needs to happen? Because I was always one of them dudes when I was in prison, like assessing where I was at. 
what do I need to do at this point in time and in this moment? What type of person am I and who do I need to become? You know, for me, how do I need to develop right now where I'm at? So as I'm going to these different prisons and going down to that level three, it gave me that opportunity to, like I said, relax a little bit, to see that I needed to make a change. So the female um, that I was dealing with at this point in time, before I hit the level three, I was on the 270, I was dealing with this female, and we was talking about having kids, raising a family. How'd you meet the female? Oh, cell phone. <laughs> you know, in prison, people got cell phones like, and things. So yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a uh, criminal activity still. You know, even though yeah, I'm already yeah. in there for being a criminal, you know, it don't stop. So I'm in there searching with, 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 with what is that? Uh, plenty of fish, <laughs> as it's called. So I'm, I'm, I'm being real slick and sly or whatever, and. Being real thirsty, as they would call it on there. So I end up. That's what they would say. You feel me? So I'm on, so, so I'm on there, and I end up finding this 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 female, uh, wonderful woman, right? So we get together, and we're talking about raising a family. So she even like every experience I went through helped me to develop because she helped me in ways of how to deal with women too, because I'm in prison and my mind is still stuck in this. <laughs> you feel me? Like it's, it's and, and when you're dealing with a woman, a lot, especially who don't come from the life, it's different when you're dealing with a homegirl or something. They used to the drama, but when you're dealing with a woman who don't come from that life, it's different. So she's you not. You feel almost embarrassed of like reacting to shit like that. You're like, well, Fuck. you can't see yourself. You can't. Well, you, you can't really see definitely. yourself. She see you, but yeah. you can't. You just like, man, that's what I'm used to. But when it's gone, you're able there to you see are. like, ah. Uh, I could have did that better. You feel me? So she helped me out in certain ways to develop with dealing with women, right? So we talking about having kids or whatever or whatnot. And I say, okay, I want to be able to teach our kids about the different religions, whichever religion that they choose to get into. So she say, okay, I'm with you on that. So I said, I already read the Bible. I know about the Bible. You know, I went to church quite a few times when I was a kid. I don't want to start there. I want to start somewhere else. I said, well, okay, I don't know much about Islam. Right. So I say, you know what? I'm going to start there. She's like, okay, that's cool. So I went out, got me a Quran. So I'm reading through the Quran. A Quran, if you could explain, because this is my first time reading oh. it. Oh, like, oh, oh, you real green. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> like, hey, so uh, you, real quick, I'm just surprised that you said you picked it up on your own, basically. Right. Because saying. remember I was saying that I, you don't really run into a lot of individuals and they're like, Muslim, I'm Muslim. I, that, like that's more of an East Coast thing, I would say. Yeah. So you didn't have anybody to school you. You, out of curiosity, you wanted to be well researched and do your homework, and you happen to it fell in line. What you were reading fell in line with what you were believing at the time. And believing exactly. And, and that's of, and, the the beauty of God. Man, there you go. Serendipity. That's the thing. Sure. It, it all happens how it's supposed to. You're yeah. going to be where you need to be. Now, yes. whether you make the decision that you need to make in that moment is up to you because God gave us a limited amount of free will. So I could have made the decision and said, man, I'm cool. I don't care about that. I'm not fit to even dive into that. Or I could have read it and been like, yeah, made the decision to say, I don't want to go with that. I still want to thug. So God put it in front gave me the opportunity to say, okay, are you going to mm. accept it or not? So I picked it up, went out and got it. But also to remind you, I was already developing to a person where – I relied on myself. I was um, independent self. That's my phone going. I'm telling me it's prayer time. Oh, as a Muslim, 
gotta 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 pray, right? So, so um, yeah. So I I, I picked it up, and uh, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna start here. So I picked it up. I'm starting to read through it. Really didn't understand everything, mm -hmm. but I, I was understanding some things. Like you said, it lined with some things that I already believed. But the way that I believed in God, because I always believed in God, it's just the way that I thought I was supposed to worship him and how I should believe in him was twisted because I was a gang member and I was thug in the streets. So my, my 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 idea of God was, was was twisted. I would say today it was very wicked and twisted, right? I ain't going to even say what I told one of my sellies and he was like, man, that's crazy that you even think that. that you, <laughs> thought. you know what? I even shared because somebody else's mind might be twisted. But back then I used to think, like, okay, I'm a gangster, and if I keep it G and I stay down, I'm going to go to heaven, and the sucker's going to go to hell because we can't be in the same place. You feel me? We can't. <laughs> that is I'm sorry to laugh. That's that what I, wild. That's I what that I was, thought, yeah. bro. That's how entrenched in that, that philosophy wild. you were. Oh you, you, you feel me? You don't me? know any better. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, re so I'm reading through the Quran, and as I'm getting deeper into it, I'm talking to people that are, that are already Muslim. On the yard, so I'm starting to talk to them. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm telling them, yeah, I'm reading the Quran, bro, and I ran across this. Uh, oh, hold on, first he asked, "What is the Quran?" Excuse me. Right. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. I need to explain this. So the Quran is the revelation of God that was sent down to the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, to bring that to mankind. So just like you had the Torah that was sent to Moses, you had the Injil that was sent to uh, Jesus. You had the Psalms that was sent to David. We believe in all of the prophets as Muslims. We believe in five books that was sent. One of the books that a lot of people don't know about is a book was sent to Abraham, was given to Abraham, but it's no longer in you know, circulation or around. So as Muslims, we believe in the five books. We believe in uh, 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 all of the prophets you know, that was mentioned. So the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he was given revelations that came down from God that uh, was handed to the angel Gabriel, and the angel Gabriel brought it to the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, and he brought it to his community, and it spread it throughout the world because they brought it to mm -hmm. everybody else. So the Quran is the revelation is God's word. So the prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he didn't know how to read or write. So he wasn't writing it down. His companions that was around him, some of them knew how to read and write. So when a revelation would come down, they would write it down. They would write it, okay, that's... So when he get a revelation, they would write it down on whatever they could find. You feel me? And they will also write down the things that he would say and do. Because there are also things called the hadiths that we follow, which is the ways of the Prophet Muhammad. It's what he said, what he did, and think how we supposed to practice as Muslims. That's not in the Quran. But this is mm -hmm. how the Prophet Muhammad, because he was the walking and living Quran. He lived it. So they would say, oh, the Prophet Muhammad, when he used the bathroom, this is what he would do. Or the Prophet Muhammad, after he prayed, this is what he would do. Or the Prophet Muhammad, he said this about this matter. So this is how we know how to function in our everyday life as a Muslim. It's because the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, this is what he said or did about this matter. Everything was documented. You feel me? So the Quran became compiled into one book after the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, died. Once he died... One of his companions, who became the leader of all of the Muslims once he died, he decided to say, we need to put this in one book. Because a lot of the companions at that time were dying on the battlefield. Those who Because back then they had good memories. They remembered the Quran by heart. Mm -hmm. 
So they already knew it by heart because as Muslims, we have to recite the Quran in our prayers. So if you don't recite one of the verses in the Quran, which is the first verse you have to recite in all of your prayers, your prayer won't even be accepted. So it's a big thing to learn how to recite the Quran. So they knew the Quran by heart, but a lot of them were dying on the battlefield because every time there was a war, they like, I'm first man up. Mm. OGs, because they knew the status and the reward that was given for if you're fighting in the cause of God. So the, the leader said, hold on, y'all going to all these battles and these wars and a lot of y'all are dying. We got to put this in one book. Let's compile it so that way it can live on. When we go far gone, we still got the book. Right. So they compiled, they gathered up everything that they written the Quran down on, and they compiled it into one book. And that's, that's how well, Would I be wrong in saying that people equate it to, it's the equivalent of the Bible for it? Well, people would say that, but, you know, the Bible was it's supposed to be a compilation of the Torah. I'm not religious, so I don't Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be a compilation of the Torah and the Injil. So it's not just like, this is everything Jesus, peace be upon him, said, or this is what the revelations Moses came with. It's a compilation. They compile even the Psalms of David. You know, they just... Through all these books and said, "Well, this is the Bible." Got you. The Got Quran you. is strictly the revelations that was given to the Prophet Muhammad. That's it. Ain't, ain't nothing extra in it. It's, mm-hmm. it's the holy mm-hmm. book that was meant to be brought to mankind, which is how I was able to read it, how I was able to get my hands on it, and eventually make that turn and become a Muslim. So, does that explain? That explains the, it. Yeah, perfectly. Okay, so I have a few questions within, but let's keep going. Okay, so yeah, so so as I'm um, reading the Quran and I'm asking brothers about it a little bit, um, they know a little bit more than me because they've been Muslim longer than me. I wouldn't say that they was a scholar because you got some people who are scholars in the religion. They know mm. the Quran by heart. They know how to speak Arabic fluently because the Quran was revealed in Arabic, not English. So that's that's the thing. It's it's big to learn Arabic because you get the true meaning of God's word. Nothing lost in translation, right? It's, exactly. Mm-hmm. English, they gotta translate it. And you're already Yeah, there. so you know, they gotta figure out what word applies to this Arabic mm-hmm. word so you can understand it in English. So um it, so so yeah, like I said, they're not scholars or whatever, but they know enough. A little more about me than the religion, so they was able to help me understand certain things. So now I started to go to service. I'm going to Muslim to the to the service because I want to really understand the religion. So I'm hearing them speak about it and stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay, I like what y'all saying. A lot of the belief system of the Muslim it already aligns with my character and how I see myself and the type of person I want to be. And then I start hearing more and more and reading more and more about the Prophet Muhammad, peace of blessings be upon him, the type of man he was. You know how humble he was, how forgiving he was, but also how much of a warrior he was because he knew how to display the character at that time that he needed to display because he was a prophet. He wasn't a regular man. Mm -hmm. He was given revelations from God. He seen angels in their true form. You feel me? He he was different. So... Looking at his character and how he conducted himself, how he was willing to forgive certain people and situations and the wisdom that he had, I'm like, man, that's powerful. You know, it gave me a different respect for the religion and it caused me to look at myself a little differently. Like, who do I want to be? You know, you know what? I want to be like that. So as I'm developing more and more, I get shipped over to the level three yard. 
I'm starting to go to service there. I'm starting to meet more Muslim brothers there. I'm still reading the Quran. And now let me throw this out. I'm no longer with that female anymore. I'm continuing on my journey. Me and her, we done broke up. I done got with another female and <laughs> some, some whole other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so she's no longer around. I'm doing my thing, but I'm still reading the Quran. I'm still. Oh, okay. And I get you. That was a pivotal moment because you started it to try to teach the kids the religion, but you ended up picking the religion yourself, right? That's so. how God works. Mm -hmm. God know what you need. That's the thing. He knows how to get your attention and be like, this is the direction you should be going in. This is your life now. So she, I got, I ain't gonna, I was getting ready to say I got rid of her, but I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna say we parted ways. Yeah, just parted ways. Yeah, we parted ways. I got with somebody else or whatnot, and I'm dealing with this female, but I'm still reading the Quran. I'm going to service, and I'm learning more and more about it. And as I'm learning more and more about it, God is showing me. Like, this is the lifestyle you don't want to live no more. Why is you continuing to go down this path that you've been going down? You feel me? It's time to make that shift. So I got all this turning within me, and I'm also bringing this up. I was in the cell with my little brother. Me and my little brother met up oh, in prison. Shoot. Real little brother? The one you my, mentioned in the beginning? Yeah. So Damn, but, but I'm thinking he ended up going a little bit the route you guys went. He right? Once I came to jail, right, and this is something that, that got me emotional too, and... It, it plays on my mind to this day because there's a verse in the Quran, right, that that sticks with me. I, I pay a lot of attention to because God says in the in the Holy Quran that on the day of judgment, you're going to bear some of that burden for those you led astray. So the people that you was encouraging, like man, grab this gun, go go do this, mm -hmm. beat that dude up, man, rob that lady, or you encourage that for him to go wrong, for him to commit that sin, he's gonna bear that burden. It don't lessen his burden, but you take on some of that burden that's real because you guided him astray. So that's something that I, I I constantly go over in my mind, like man. So when I get the chance and the opportunity, I try to tell the people who I did lead astray, look, bro, I was wrong. Like, man, I'm sorry. Forgive. I told my little brother that. I'm sorry, bro, for how I influenced you. Did, did, um, he wasn't a lifer? Please tell me not a... He wasn't, and he's coming home soon. Good shit. So, okay. But they gave him a lot of time, though. Yeah. Gave him a yourself? lot of time. Yeah, 29 years. They gave him 29 yeah. years, right? So, But he's coming home, thank God. He'll be home in the next couple of months. So I that's, had the opportunity to link up with him. That's nuts. You yeah. know, I haven't seen him. Remember I told I haven't seen him since, since uh, I was in YA. YA, yeah. When he came North, to see me. So by the time I seen him, it's been about 13 years. Wonderful opportunity for both of us to see each other as men, mm -hmm. you know, because throughout yeah, our, that part, that's important. Yeah, yeah. Different stages in life. Now. Yeah, yeah. Real talk. And he started off at a level four. So he was on a level four most oh, of his time you. while I was on a level four. So we both developing in our own way. So we, 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 we was able to meet up on this level three yard and it was it was beautiful, man. It was for me, it was exactly what I needed. And it, had, it gave me the opportunity to see my little bro in a different light and to realize where I went wrong in a lot of areas. Because when we was younger, me and my little bro, we hung out, but at the same time, we didn't. You know, because I felt like I was, you know, a little above or I'm doing more. And, you know, I felt like if you with me, I got to, like, watch out for you. And so I'm like, right. nah, I go do dirt by myself and I'm over here doing this. But he was always watching. So he's watching me and he's like, man, that's my big bro. Me not knowing that he's just looking up to me yeah. and looking at me like, man, that's the guy. So when I got my sentence and I came to jail, from what he told me, it's like, man, I just went crazy. Like, I just went buck wild. Like, man, ain't it gave my big bro all this time. 
I don't care about nothing. So now he's thugging in the streets and doing what he's doing, getting his reputation and his name up. So when we met inside this cell, because we know each other through correspondence too, because we was writing to each other from different prisons. We had direct correspondence. But being up close to each other is different. So for me, in my mind, I haven't been around family since I've been in prison. It's just been me. I'm just thugging. Got to figure it out. Got to survive. How, how many years did you have in at that point? At that point, I had about, I want to say, I think like 14 years. Fuck. That's like some, like somewhere, somewhere around there, right? So it got me used to being around family. Being around my oh, little brother. Me sitting there in the cell with him, talking with him, learning him. It got me the, the opportunity to see, like, man, I'm actually around family. You know, you need to loosen up a little bit. You yeah, need it's to not so all about prison. Yeah, you like, need to soften up a little bit, right? And then when he told me the stories about how he looked up to me and how I influenced him, you know, that just, like, just, ah, just, like, tore my heart right. because I'm like, damn, here you sit with me. You feel me? And then, like I said, that verse that's in the Quran, those you led astray, you're going to bear some of that burden on the day of judgment. So I apologize to my little bro. Like, man, whatever I did to you, you know, however I influenced you, man, I, I apologize for that. Yeah, man. You feel me? Like, that weighs on me to know that my little bro now, he's living the same lifestyle I'm living, going through the same misery that I'm going through, right? But one thing I am grateful for, my little bro, man, his mind flourished so much. He, he, he's so sharp, man, in so many different ways. And he's able to fend for himself, handle himself. The man he developed into, man, is beautiful. I probably don't tell him enough, but I'm proud of him, man. Like, like, yeah, that's my little bro. <laughs> he goes, he's gonna me? see this. Yeah. He's gonna see. Yeah, this. yeah. So, did he? Um, uh, did he also uh, adopt like what you're doing now, to or what you're doing? No, he he didn't. He didn't become Muslim. But look, while I was still studying the religion, mm -hmm. and I'm going to service, I became a Muslim while he was in the cell with me. So he was able to see my transformation. He mm -hmm. was able to see me from as a kid to being a little bad kid on the block getting into chaos, going to being a teenager, thugging as a gang member, getting into all type of stuff, going to prison for a long time, writing to each other through letters. Because I was still talking crazy in the letters. I'm still on some politic warrior mode. This is what's going on with the homies. This need to happen. I'm, so he's seeing that side of me too. So once we link up, he also seeing the transformation. He also seeing the guy who's being more of a thinker, you know, who's a good writer, you know, who has all these goals of what he want to do with his life. Then he's seen the transformation of reading, I'm reading the Quran and I'm starting to go towards that direction and become more of an understanding person. Then he's seen me make that shift and said, I'm a Muslim now. I took my Shahada. Your Shahada is when you testify that there is only one God, he has no partners, and that the Prophet Muhammad is his messenger. When you testify that, that's your Shahada, you become a Muslim. So I took my Shahada in prison, became a Muslim. He was still my celly. So I went in there and I told him, I said, man, I'm a Muslim now, bro. I took my Shahada. He was just like, like wow, because That's he's watching all this transformation happen yeah. in front of him. And he like, this is my big bro. Like, this is crazy. And I'm one of them people, I'm like, when I'm locked in on something, I'm locked in. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just like, I got to make the decision for yeah. myself. I got to do what's best for me. So I'm locked in. So I was locked in on, on, the, on the religion. And I'm like, I'm a Muslim now. But I wasn't done with thugging yet, though. So though I took my Shahada, I'm still politicking. I'm still, yeah. you know, keeping myself involved with the homies. Because at that time, I wasn't willing to disengage 
and I didn't know how to disengage. Was it because you didn't want to um, deal with the whatever after effects of the fallout that happens with having to do that, or maybe having one of the homies point some shit out, like what's up with homeboy? You think that was well, for, an issue? Or? For me, right? That's why I say you know God is good. My situation was a little different. I didn't have um, the type of situation where my homies suspected me. Or my homies didn't have enough respect for me oh, to where shit. I couldn't okay. do what I wanted to do. So I wasn't in I was in the in a unique situation that a lot of other young homies don't get. Right. You feel me? So I was able to make that move and not care what they thought. Gotcha. And they still respected it. Like that's the homie. Cause they like he ain't no sucker. <laughs> we know that mm-hmm. for sure. So that's what he choosing to do. Cool. Because in prison there is a lot of there are a lot of Muslims. In prison, but a lot of them, you know, ain't coming home. And then you got some dudes who misrepresent the religion, who come out of prison and they don't do what they supposed to do as a Muslim. So you really don't know that they even Muslim until y'all just having a conversation. He like, yeah, I'm Muslim. You like, <laughs> you? You're Muslim? You feel me? So a lot of dudes, sad to say, they get out of prison and they just disregard the religion. And they keep that under the rug and they continue on doing the lifestyle that they used to live. So some dudes come out and be stumped down on a religion and say, I'm Muslim, and they let it be known, but they go off and do other things with their life. You feel me? So like he said, I, I never, I haven't met a Muslim. You know, I really don't know the ins and outs. So it's a lot of Muslims in there, but some dudes come out and they don't represent like they supposed to, and a lot of dudes don't never get out. You feel me? So, um... Yeah, so once I once I became a Muslim, my little brother was in the cell with me, so he was able to see that transformation. That's beautiful. So I was still thugging, though. I'm still, you know, call myself politic and still involved with the homies. So it took about, I want to say, over a year, a year and some change for me to make that decision, like, I'm going to let this go. I'm just strictly Muslim. Mm. But I had to have them conversations with myself because I used to have conversations with myself where I used to be like, look, man, you half-stepping. You feel me? And if you a real gangster, you don't like half-steppers. You like you either all in, you committed, or you not. So I started to see myself as a half-stepper because I'm like, you still banging. You still like you 20 Crip Long Beach. You still Big C-Fay. But then over here, you like... You're a Muslim. That makes sense. Yeah. You feel me? So you have, I'm having these conversations with myself, and I'm like, you're a half-stepper. And what do we think about half-steppers? Oh, you a sucker. That's what suckers do. And I'm like, you know, you having these conversations. I ain't no sucker. You feel me? I'm having these conversations with myself. With yourself. You know, so I got to make that, okay, well, what do I do? How do I go about this, right? I need to let this go because game-banging is my past. Cripping, that's my past. Islam is my present and this is my future. I believe it's the truth. So I got to let this go. I can't have it both ways because the belief system, they conflict. They're not the same. 100%. So I say, you know what? I'm for to let this go. I'm no longer cripping. I'm no longer a gang member. I'm strictly Islam. And you know what's crazy? That's I never seen myself ever doing that. I would if you would have caught me 10 years ago, I would have told you I love the hood so much I would die for the set and I'll never let it go. Because I never seen myself doing anything outside of that. But once I picked up that Quran and I learned who God truly is and about his prophets. It, it, it shifted something different in my heart to where I was like, I'm able to let this go. Because if I would have just tried to let this go and I didn't have nothing to hold on to, I would have picked it back up. Because I'm like, oh, this like this is my baby. 
I don't have anything to fill that hole. This is all I know. But picking up that Quran, I was able to drop this. Right? That's that's not me no more. That's no longer. So I went to the yard. I told the homies on the yard. I went to them, uh, some of them individually, a couple of them in a group. And I said, look, bro, I made the decision that I'm no longer affiliated with Long Beach. I'm a Muslim now. And this is the path that I'm choosing. So don't expect me, you know, for my input for my assistance or anything like that. He was like, okay, all right, bro. You know, we respect it. We understand it. That's the route you're going? Okay, cool. Cool. I called the homie on the streets, one of my best friends. I told him, I said, look, bro, because he already knew I, everybody knew I became Muslim. But now I'm telling him, look, bro, I'm no longer affiliated with the homies. I'm no longer a gang member, bro. I'm just strictly Muslim. You feel me? So don't address me with no politics that's going on in the hood. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me about anything that's dealing with the homies. None of that. It's, okay, I said, so spread the word to all the homies on the street. I said, spread the word to all the homies in the pen. So I eventually was able to talk to some, a couple of the homies in the pen, too, on different yards at different prisons. And they all was like, bro, we respect it. That's what you want to do with your life, bro. And, they, and what a couple of them told me, they said, we know you're not leaving the set on no buster. You're not, you're not a sucker. We know you ain't just punking the game, so we respect what you got going on. And quite a few of them, they read the Quran, so they kind of like, we we believe in they some of the teams. Yeah, yeah, they they know about it, but they were, they not willing to let go. Of course. It's, they it's, still, yeah, yeah, they like, it's, it's, it's a lot of discipline. I got to let go. They wasn't willing to let go. Me, I'm looking more so towards, I'm trying to save my soul, bro. Yeah. I know I'm going to die one day. This is this is this is not the end. When I die and I go see God, I want to make sure I'm on the right foot, and I pray that He forgives me. And that's why I took on the name Abdul Ghaffar, the servant of the forgiver. Do you have to? Uh, can you put that name on yourself, or do, is there an earning process? Um, well, it's 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 different now. Look, I had a different name at first, and right? I really don't know. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. How it usually go is when you come into the religion as a converter. Because some people are born Muslim. They born into the mm. religion. They family been Muslim, so they been that's all they know is the religion. Would you say like just Arabic of origin and they, they probably, No, probably no, 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 no. Because you have Muslims all over the world. Correct. You know, one of the one of the, the two two of the locations of the largest growing Muslim population, and one of them is Japan and one is Mexico. Holy Yeah. I so know you know Mexico so, Oh, it's it's this a lot of Muslims. Like, well, they had Mormons and stuff out there. I didn't know they had <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of Muslims in Mexico. So it's, it's you got you got European countries, bro. Yeah. White uh, uh white people, blue eyed, blonde hair, ninety percent country Muslim. That's all they know is, is, is Islam. So you got Muslims everywhere. There's a lot of people that's born into Malaysia is one of the largest mm. Muslim populations in the world, bro. And Malaysia is more like uh, Asian, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's all they know is is the, is the deen, the religion, oh, Islam. Yeah. So they born into it. So that's what they know. For people like me, I was a converter. That's so, the big, that's the official name. A converter, like you convert to the religion. Like, is that something known in in Muslim where they're like, "Oh, are you a converter? Are you?" Yeah, 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 oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. You know, when you have conversations with other Muslims, with other Muslims. they some of them ask that, like, especially with me getting out of prison. I've had that since I've been home. Like, oh, were were you already Muslim or did you convert in prison? I I proudly tell them I converted in prison. God guided me to the religion. I'm so thankful for that. Mm-hmm. You know, it helped me change my heart and and get me away from that foolishness. And they be like, oh, okay. You a brother, you part of the religion. Okay, that's what's up. You feel me? Yeah. So um, so the name 
people usually give you your name. People who kind of know you and know your attributes, they usually give you a name, right? Like, okay, you Muslim now. This is what I think, you know, the name will be good for mm. you. So the name that I was given in the beginning was by an individual who was from my same hood, my same area. He was Muslim already. So he gave me a name, and he told me what the meaning of the name was. He had got it out of a book, right, of Arabic names. So he handed it to me. I said, okay, I like, kind of like that name. You know, got a little ring to it or whatnot. All right, I'm going to run with that. But when I got with one of the other brothers who was like way more knowledgeable, and I'm gonna also say that may God um, grant that brother great success and, and and bless that brother because he helped me understand the religion a whole lot before I came home, and I'm so thankful I ran into that guy. But when he met me, he said, "What is your name?" So I told him my name. He said, mm. "For a minute, he didn't really say anything. He's just like, mm. okay, what does that name mean?" So I told him what the name means. So. But he knew Arabic. He spoke Arabic fluently because he was born Muslim. He just so happened mm -hmm. chose the gay bang and, yeah. and thug, but his whole his family is Muslim. So he got degrees in the religion. Mm. He knew the Quran almost entirely by heart. He spoke Arabic fluently. So he was able to teach me things that nobody else since I ran into was able to teach me. So he told me about my name and where it kind of stems from and the the, the 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 I would say the distaste that kind of it have with it based on a particular individual in history who had the name. So for a minute I'm like, well, you know, the, man, the homie gave me this name, and you know, wooty woo woo, but he like, you know, I, you know, you want to keep the name? It's your name. It's up to you, right? But over time I'm like, nah, man, I want I want something different, right? So I eventually chose my own name, like I'm gonna be Abdul Ghaffar, the servant of the forgiver. Do you have to say both? At the same time? Yes, or yes. Can you, you can't, you can't just, being Gafar, you're not Gafar. You're not, you're not oh, the forgiver. Okay. God is the forgiver. So Abdul means servant. So you got. So you both, they need yeah, to Yeah, I'm, I'm a servant. So you got to let that be known. I'm a servant. And you know, an example I can give you is Kareem Abdul Jabbar. That's what I'm thinking. Abdul Jabbar. Jabbar is one of Allah's, one of God's names and attributes. Jabbar. So he took on Abdul. He put that in front of it. He didn't just say, I'm Jabbar. Like, nah, God is Jabbar. So he put the, I'm the servant of that. You feel me? So you, when you say the name, you say it all together. You're the servant of that. So I'm the servant of the forgiver. And like I told you, it reminds me to be more forgiving. It, re, it, it reminds me that God is forgiving and he's the forgiver and only he can forgive me. And that's what I'm seeking. Right? So I took that name on. So now I'm being... I'm called by that name. And like I said, I already told the homies what I told them. They respect it, right? But over time, as I'm getting more and more um, entrenched into the religion and I'm learning more and more, I'm also starting to cut people off. Because the religion says something about that that's very, very serious, where Allah and his messenger tells us you can't take the disbelievers as close confidants and friends. They're not your friends because they believe in something totally different than you. It's going to contradict they don't, be, they don't believe in God, nor do they believe in his messenger. Because if they did, they'd be Muslim. So now I got to make this decision. Man, these men, my boys, mm. we done did dirt, you know, together. Right. I know these dudes, they been here for me, but what's more important? Are you trying to serve God or are you trying to please men? Who's going to save your soul at the end of the day? Not man. He has to go answer for his own things. Yeah. I had to make that decision to make that cut, bro. I eventually went to the parole board. They denied me my first time. 
said, come back in three years, you're not ready, we don't feel you're ready, you're still a danger to society. It took me a minute to kind of get over that feeling, about nine months where I was just like, oh, you know, because I, my family, I know they was hurting behind the decision, but I stayed on track, stayed on track. You went Did back it, a second time? Went back a second time. I came back with even more work. I came back even more well-spoken. I was able to explain myself and my situation. I was in there for three, over like three and a half hours, sitting there which, talking which to them. They, that's a lot of question asking and a lot of talking. So it don't matter about the time because people been in there in shorter time than that and they let them go. Okay. But as you can see, I don't mind articulating myself and talking. So they sat there and just listened and watched. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And, and uh, what was the end result of that one? The second. They time? took 15 minutes to deliberate and came back and said, we see that you're no longer a threat to society. We see that you're not that same person that we reading about in this file. You came in here, you spoke for yourself, you earned your freedom. We letting you go. Now this is the thing. A week before I was supposed to go home, the governor got involved and tried to stop my release. What? Based on the site gave me a high evaluation for violence. So when I went to the hearing the first time, I had that high evaluation for violence. So they was able to hold that against me. Like the psych said, you're high for violence. Even though you haven't had a write-up in four and a half years, yeah, the psych said you have a high for violence based on your past. Mm -hmm. So, okay, they denied me. I went back in there with that same high because I filed for a petition to advance. Once I did everything that they told me to do, I said, I'm going to come back. And I filed for my petition to advance. They approved it. Yeah, they like said, come back. We want to see you. We don't think you need to serve the rest of that time date. We denied you for it. Boom. I went in there, spoke for myself, went in there with my kufi on, representing my religion. Kufi. They, That's what Yeah, it's yeah. This, okay. is, this is called a kufi. You know, this right here. I wanted to ask, but I didn't know how to. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. Right I knew the name, kufi. and I know a lot of the stuff. I've watched a lot of... I'm a YouTube dude, so I'm yeah. a DIY type of guy. So anything I don't know, you can literally deadass find it on YouTube, so I'm familiar with it. But, yeah. Uh, I never... Um, well, I have. I've talked to people in person about, you know, about the religion mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, just not a podcast. Definitely not a damn podcast. Right, that so, works. You know, I appreciate you for sharing that stuff. Yeah. Stuff that we haven't been privy to. Yeah, real talk. So, yeah, the cool thing is just, you see somebody with this, you know, people try to use it as a fashion thing now. You might see a dude, he might not be Muslim, but nine times out of ten, he's a Muslim. And this is how we recognize each other. It's not just our character okay. because okay. people, you could be a not Muslim and have a good character. Like, he's a good guy. Yeah. You feel me? So, I, that's. I know one of them was the not shaving, too. Is, oh, yeah, right? you don't shave so. your beard. Yeah, that's why I got I didn't used to have all this. <laughs> you know, even when I first became Muslim, I'm like, man, I gotta grow my, I like my goatee. Do you, you feel trim me? it though? You, yeah, you could, you could trim him down, but okay. keep the beard though. You keep the keep, keep the, the sides and and keep you keep the beard. That's why most people they just let it just just grow long because the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, he said that's what a man does. A man, one of the things a man does is he grows his beard. So anything that the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, say we supposed to do, or if he just encourages it and said this would be a good it's thing. Pretty much ago. Like you we're know, jumping yeah. to it as a Muslim. Like this is what the Prophet Muhammad said. So you could kinda also kind of see too if a person not growing their beard kinda like eh, you know. Hey, don't you judge know, me, you ain't, I ain't just saying you know, like that. I ain't talking about like you. Days ago, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear you know, I was bulking. If <laughs> you was Muslim, I'm saying. If right. you was Muslim and you ain't growing your beard, I'm kind of looking like, yeah. Hey, hey uh, Tyson, so so we actually, so you're actually, we met you maybe, what, a couple weeks ago? 
Yeah, like uh, three weeks ago or four so weeks ago, probably. Was it four weeks? Oh, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, right? Yeah, you're doing the training, you're doing everything. Um, oh, so you're out. Before yeah. you before you continue, let me finish this story about the governor stopping my release. No, definitely, definitely. So the governor stopped my release. So my mind going crazy over that or whatever or not. My family is like, what the heck? A week before I was getting ready to get out, he stopped it. Look at his case again. He mm -hmm. has a high for violence. Are you sure you want to let this guy go? So it has to go back to the parole board for a review. Now it's going to be 11 commissioners looking over rather than just two who granted my release. They looked, it took a month for them to do that because it's a cycle that they have when they look over cases. So they looked over it. They upheld their colleague's decision and said, man, this guy, Come on now, he's he's ready for release. We're going to release him. Once they made that decision, a week after that, oh, all praise to God, I was home. Um, how long ago was that? Now, how Two many months. days have you been Two out? Two months. So you've been out basically sixty days. Yes. I didn't even know that, and we met you a month ago. So you people don't. Um, well, whatever. Let's not touch on. I was going to say the program protocols, but there's certain right. You don't even get. Even though you're out here, people don't know. You don't get to really interact yet. You can't, no, no, no. You don't I can't because I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm a parolee. Now, they got different things where you're called um, MCRP, the little bracelet right, where right. people mm -hmm. would break. I don't have no bracelet. Oh, you don't have a bracelet? No, no, no. I'm, were, no, 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 no. I'm paroled. Okay, I'm, I was granted you. by the parole board, but I'm at See. a transitional home right. because they want to help me to be able to slowly Absolutely. adjust to society. You know, I've been going a long time. I hide it, and I'm glad you did it that way because people don't understand. You come home, a lot of people haven't been through the amount of time you went through, and mm -hmm. it's, gonna, it's a big fucking learning curve to jump back in it. You're going to still wash your boxers in the shower for a couple months. You know? <laughs> think then you got to wear your shower shoes wear in your shower, shower shoes. Man, you ain't, you know. I'll tell you this. I haven't been wearing my shower shoes in the shower because I clean my own shower. There you go. <laughs> Even yeah, though I got are. roommates, one thing I do throughout the week, I'm on like this cleaning that shower and making sure yeah. because why I don't need to wear a shower shoes. I'm right. home now. I'm free to where I, I can it. keep this clean every single day if I if I want to. So I'm I'm good. So yeah, it definitely has been helping me to adjust because my mind sometimes it it, it 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 takes some time to compute that I'm not in prison no more. You know, it's starting to get better at it, but in the beginning it was like ah, you know, I'm trying to compute like in my own. Hundred percent, hundred percent, seventeen and a half. That's yeah. a, that's a seventeen and a half. We have a gentleman here that's eighteen years old. So he he was a half a year born. You know what I mean? So eight, that's, that's how much time. You can see it in a person. Yeah. You don't got to say one, two, three year. You can look. Somebody grows up their whole lives in that amount of time that you did. Man, you know what I mean? real tall. Real um, tall. Shit. So I, you know what? We can jump into maybe what, what's... Um, you, I know you had a message for the youth, but also I kind of wanted to, um, before we wrap up, whatever, just quickly touch on what are the goals now that you're out? Right. You've been out two months. You're taking a training, pretty much done with, but you're uh -huh. still getting your, your stuff going on. Yeah. What are some of the goals that you set up and then and then lead us into the message that you had for our youth? Um, well, a lot of my goals had to change. You know, I had all these big plans, how I was gonna make money, how I was gonna live. And when I became a Muslim, I had to shift a lot of that. Mm -hmm. I had to throw a lot of that mm -hmm. away because it didn't align with the belief system of the Muslim. So yeah, I can make fast money, good money, you know, but it doesn't align with the belief system. So once I came home, I had to trash a lot of stuff that I wanted to do. A lot of the books that I even wrote, my poetry books and other urban books or whatever novels that I've written, I just got them in the cut because it doesn't align with the belief system of a Muslim. 
So I can't even. I would if I would. I could use it, but then I'll be bringing a sin upon myself because now I'm pr- promoting that out into the world. So I pretty much started from scratch of like, okay, what am I gonna do? Even my personal training business, I was gonna be a uh, come a personal trainer, fitness trainer. I can, but I had to revise my plans with it because as a Muslim, you're not supposed to be alone with females who are not uh, unmarriageable relative or your wife. So just some random woman, like the woman over there, me just being alone with her in the room and trying to work around and stuff like that is a no-no in the religion. Because now, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's a no-no. So I had to switch that up. Like, okay, how can I still do my personal training without putting myself in a situation to be suspected of something or even be tempted of something or committing a sin? So I had to go back and revise that and put that on ice for a little bit and say, okay, I'm going to put a twist on it. I'm going to start to do it like this. I'm going to do it like that and come back and present it to myself again and say, okay, now we can move forward. So me becoming a personal trainer and me helping people with their nutrition and their fitness is still on the books. I'm still going to do that, good. but I had to re- I had to revise it, though. So that's one of the things I held on to but had to take a second look at. Um, I'm going to school right now at PV Jobs to become a plumber. So... That's something that I'm very grateful for because they are giving me the opportunity to actually establish myself out here in this world and build a career for myself. Mm-hmm. You know, this is beyond just having a job. You fit to build a career that you can feed family after family after family member off of generation mm-hmm. after generation. Not only that, establish yourself, you know, financially and do something that's worthwhile that you know, I would actually enjoy. So them allowing me to come here, PV Jobs, and, and further my skill set, I'm loving it, bro. So that's something that I got plans on right now is becoming a plumber. I also want to get into the podcast field a little bit, but I haven't really figured that out just yet because that was one of my plans that I had. But at that time, I didn't know enough about the religion yet either. So I had to put that on ice. See how I how can I revise that to where okay. once I bring it to the forefront, I make sure that I'm not touching on things or doing things that goes against the religion or that promotes the religion in a bad light. Mm. So that's on ice right now, but it's something I do want to do. I also want to get involved with the youth because while I was in prison, I was doing a lot of uh, speaking to the youth. They used to bring the youth in here. It wasn't scared straight, you know, because a lot of people think, we touched on oh, that. Yeah, yeah, like that that's yeah. don't help somebody. That shit don't help nobody. And scared straight helps nobody, bro. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't scared straight. Sure At would two, help yeah. me. <laughs> it would help me. I, I feel like it would. But it's When you used the bullets flying at you or, or you yeah, ducking, like, you you kind of like, yeah, scared straight don't don't scare me. <laughs> You've been hearing that shit from your uncles, from your mom, from your fucking brothers yeah. all the, every day. It's nothing new. You're like, what the fuck? That's my uncle. Joe over there right. talking about don't come to prison. Like, yeah, but he done been to prison but about I mean, three they times. Found that it not to work. So, um, there's a there's a literature out there. It's found proven not to be as effective as. No, really. yeah, yeah, was, um, yeah. No, no. Just in case the audience, they were like, no, it might work. Yeah, I, no, no, no. Scare, scare straight does not work. So we didn't have a scare straight program. What we had was different people stepping up to the to the to the to the forefront and telling their stories from different angles and about different topics. So some people would talk about women in their life. Some people would talk about drug addiction. For me, I was one of the speakers that they chose, and I spoke about um, gang violence, gang banging, and change. 
how I was able to change. So that's what I would talk to the youth about. And what would fascinate them so much was how old I was, how young. Question, I st- how old are you? Oh, I don't know if you're 28 or 36, 35. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, you know, prison preserved me a little bit. Thank God for that. But as of right now, I'm 33. I'll be 34 next month. Oh, I mean, excuse man. me. Oh, excuse me. Not next month. Uh, it's already. We already in May. I'll be 34 next week. Next week. Next week, I'll okay. be 34. What, what day is your birthday? The 19th. Ah, dang. I'm By how many? Okay. Two days. Yeah, Couple yeah. Days. My, My little day. brother's birthday is actually today. Oh, oh happy birthday to bro. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. So, yeah, I'm 33 as of right now. If it be the will of God, I'll live to see 34. 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, um, so, yeah, so, so the youth, I want to talk to the youth like I used to do in there and tell my story to them in there and how they used to be um just so... Uh, uh, mind, uh, 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 I can't even find a word, but how they just was so awed by how young I was, came in at yeah. 16, and they're like, how old did you start banging? Like, you been here all this time? And they just like, wow. And they looking at themselves like, I was on, I'm only like 13. I'm already, dang, I'm 15. So I, Wow. And I'm like, yeah. bro, this do is you, a possibility yeah, for you too. Yeah, and you, you already heading down that path, right? Like I seen a kid, I'm gonna tell a story because I seen a kid, I was out with one of my Muslim brothers. We went to go eat at a halal restaurant, and this this kid there, he's like 13. His uncle been to the pen already. He served like five years in the feds. So while we eating, he's telling us, like, yeah, my little nephew, man, he's a little knucklehead. You know, he out here trying to sell drugs and he wanna do this and this and that, right? So me and the brother, the brother that I was with, he already served uh, 26, and he just got out nine months ago. I served 17 and a half, and at that time, I've been out like a month and a half, right? So I'm sharing with this kid, right? I said, look, man, the beauty about you that you have right now is your heart is not dark yet. You just now dibbling and dabbling in the life. So it hasn't sunk all the way in you to where you can't see straight. Right now is when you make that turn, bro. Don't wait. Until you get so involved to where you can't even think straight and all you can see is, I got to get this money. I got to go commit this crime. I got to put in work. Right now, you got the golden opportunity to hear a message from me, to hear a message from my brother, and to hear a message from your uncle who been to the pen too, who telling you like, bro, make that shift now. Don't wait. The money that you little change of crumbs that you're making now is not worth it. And when you go to jail, you go to juvenile halls, it escalates. You go to juvenile hall. From juvenile hall, you go to camp. From camp, you go to YA. From YA, you go to the penitentiary, and you're stuck there for the next 10, 15 years of your life, possibly life. You feel me? Very so, high possibility of life. High, and I told them, them people will not blink an eye about giving you all that time. Not at all. They will send you upstate. So why you got, I said, and, you got, and you're in a golden opportunity to where you got an uncle who been through it who can tell you the things that he been through and show you you don't want to do that and you could take a different route. Your uncle is working right now at a restaurant showing you how to make legit money, how to provide for your family, how to be a stand-up man. You feel me? I said, take advantage of that because a lot of people don't get that, bro. They don't get that advantage. I had most of the people around me influencing me to do all the wrong. <laughs> yeah. So you got somebody here influencing you and telling you don't do it, do the right, bro. So I just want to share that little story right there. He act like he was soaking it up, but that golden opportunity, it made me feel so good to have that moment, to be able to share with him, look, bro, I was young when I went in. God caused me and allowed me to go through that, but he allowed me to come back out here, and now I'm standing here in front of you, telling you, bro, I'm going to be you in the future if you continue to think selling a little drugs, hanging with the homies is what you want to do, bro, because it only darkens your heart. That's mm-hmm. all it does, bro. And mm-hmm. once that get in you, 
It's, 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 it's hard to get up out of you, man. It's going to take years and years and years of work to try to get it up out of you. So speaking to the you, it's something I'm seeking to do eventually. You know, I'm on parole right now. Um, I'm limited on my movements. And not only that, I'm still trying to learn how to navigate being home the after all these years. But eventually, I have to go back. Yeah. You know, I have to go back. And I also want to say this as well. You know, I spoke about my victim, you know. He already know who he is. I don't even need to say his name. And um, the individuals who know about my crime, they know who he is. Regardless of the fact that we was game banging, we were kids trying to figure out our way. We both were misguided. We both were living, trying to live up to something that we thought was the truth and it wasn't the mm -hmm. truth, bro. We was given the profile that our older brothers was given and everybody else was given, right? and led us down a path of destruction. So regardless of whatever happened, I had no right to shoot him and try to kill him. I had no right to do that. Regardless of what our belief system was at that time, we wasn't living right at all. So thank God he didn't die. You know, he still has the opportunity to live his life, you know, and I pray that God forgives me for the transgression that I committed against that man. But we was living wicked lives, bro. We was living totally wicked. And one thing I would say to the youth today is you're not in prison. You're on the streets. You still got the opportunity to hug your mother, hug your father, and make something of yourself. You have the time. Time is precious, man. 